Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. I'm here to tell you about Bolin Branch and how you can discover this new level of softness with their iconic sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% responded that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. They source the rarest 100% organic cotton for an incredible softness to start. Then they skip the toxins and harsh chemicals for a natural feel unlike anything else, and it all comes together with their signature weave. This special design feels buttery, breathable, and unlocks new levels of softness with every wash, and they stand behind their promise of softness. With their 30-night guarantee, you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. If during the 30 nights you don't love your sheets or feel them getting softer and softer, you can send them right back. No questions asked. So head to BollandBranch.com for 15% off your first order with code ODYSSEY. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Revely, revely, donks. Look at us now, tip to tip. This is our life. This is our passion. That's the spirit we bring to this show. I'm Luke Thomas. I'm Brian Campbell. This is Morning Combat. Oh, the sounds of summer are in full swing, which if you're from my neck of the woods means mosquitoes. Hi, everybody. It's the 15th of June, 2022, and it is time for Morning Combat. I'm merely one half of your hosting duo. My name is Luke Thomas. I'm here in the capital of Estados Unidos in Washington, D.C., joined by the recently reclaimed king of Connecticut himself. Yeah. It's Brian Campbell. Brian, fresh haircut, I see. How are you doing, bud? Yeah, uh, fresh from the barbershop and fly from the beauty salon. You know what I'm saying, Luke? Because everybody knows that basketball courts in the summer got girls there, although I won't put your wife's name in my mouth anymore. Thank you, Will Smith. Um, I will say, Luke, that uh, I begrudgingly put that crown back on. I didn't earn it, right? Glover lost it, and, and we'll pour one out for that guy, RIP on that regard. But uh, happy to be back. Hump day, Luke. And, um, you know, we're just days away from B.C. and D.C. So mm-hmm. you and I can, you know, full frontal hug each other, families included, and really spread the magic, Luke. So I'm excited. Should be kind of fun. I'm actually pretty excited for it as well. I'm excited to see what you think and what you see. Is it What's the plan? Is the plan, like, just museums and stuff? Or are you guys going to do what exactly? A lot of walking, Luke. Uh, a lot of museums. Yeah, I mean that's what you do in DC, right? A lot of trendy eating. There's a lot of outdoor space too. In fact, yes. where I won't going to say where you're. You know what? I'll save it for off the air because I don't want to blow up your spot. But um, I would actually say that there's a lot of stuff you can do that's really fun outdoors, not just the museum. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. Dude, I want to see Ford's Theater. I want to see where where uh, JW just downtown broke his leg jumping off that that. That ledge, you know, I want to, I want to see where history happened. Look, yeah. do you Fort think Theater, it's just, it's just downtown. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, it's not in like a super historic area. It's just a historic building in a modern area. Is the tour worth it? Because I want to see if I could find Lincoln's DNA around. Do you think they've cleaned it well? I mean, what, what do we got here? Is this still an active uh, the crime tour, scene? I did it years ago, so I couldn't tell you what it's like. Th- I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, listen, everything in DC is at least worth one time a go round. Yeah. The one thing I would say is if you're going to spend some time outside. You need to do some of the monuments and stuff at night. At night, like Lincoln Ooh. Memorial um, and the Jefferson Memorial right there at night is just, I mean, spectacular. So fun for pictures, fun to see, a lot of good stuff. Um, I told my kids, I here. said, 
I said, Luke Thomas loves DC so much that he's tattooed the flag on his body. You're going to have to ask him to see that. And then, you know, one of them was like, is there any chance he has like a weird, regrettable naval tattoo that we can ask him about? I was like, son, that's, uh, that's on you. <laughs> you, you, you know, you want to play that game? You'll find out what happens. All right. Yes, BC just loves to make things uncomfortable for others. But boy, when you return the favor, he shrivels up like a... <laughs> like, <laughs> Like, you know what? In a cold pool. Like a cold Um, dick coming out of a pool. Yeah, that's about it, Luke. Yep, yep. All right, we actually have a fun show today. Uh, No no bullshit. This UFC card this weekend is great. We've talked about this before. When the UFC takes the fight night cards back on the road so they're not the apex, they got to do a little bit more with it to sell the audience, and boy, did they ever. This one is fantastic, so we'll talk about that. Plus, we have a lot of sort of smaller news and notes. Gina Carano back kind of in the news cycle. Some fights falling through, some fights being made. We'll get to all of it. So thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. Hit subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't yet. And of course, if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, just give us a nice review there if you'd be so inclined. And of course, you can see here if you're watching on YouTube, the social channels on the lower third. On top of that, BC, Showtime.com, or Showtime is the label that pays. You want to be able to watch them, go to Showtime.com, 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can pound sand. And of course, we got some merch. I'm wearing some merch today. You can go to morningcombat.store. BC, I think yours is what, Roots of Fight? Is that a Roots yeah, of Fight? Yeah, I'm, I'm rocking this badass Boss Rootin shirt. You re- may, may remember him. Uh, memorable role in Here Comes the Boom, Luke. But, um, you know, I'm also. You did, did a lot rocking. more than Here Comes the Boom. Yeah, <laughs> he's done a few things. But I'm also rocking this uh, this great dad hat here. Uh, always here for you, Morty Combat merch. Yes. And indeed. I got my yeah. little MK mug, too, which is available if you would be so uh, interested in getting one as well. You know, that's a, uh, that's, a, that's a handsome mug. I wish they made it in a little bit bigger of a size, though. They put it in, like, the shot glass coffee mug, you know? Yes, I agree. I don't like. Most people associate coffee mugs with this particular dimension, but I'm with you. I like mine a little. I like mine with some girth yeah yeah luke likes his coffee like he likes his women right mm-hmm that's right dark colored and um and thick that's what i like <laughs> wow, i was uh, gonna go with light and sweet luke but you know you can take that anywhere you want all right yeah uh all right so there's a lot to get to there bc though we have to remind folks one of the great sponsors of this show it's ag1 that's right athletic greens it keeps bc on the on the straight and narrow does it not it does, it does, because here's the deal. It doesn't taste super healthy, like in a bad way, but boy, does it make you feel healthy. It's got that mild, tropical taste, but I'm not going to lie. I look forward to starting my day each morning. One scoop, glass of water, mix it up nice. Luke, that's it. And, you know, sometimes it's it's not, you know, if you want to work of how you finish the day, you better start the day the right way. And this is how I start my day each way. And look at look at me, Luke. Just a model of health and wellness. Unbelievable. Uh, Of course, as you know, it is just one delicious scoop, 75 vitamins and minerals. That's all you have to do. It's not a bunch of pills. And of course, there are probiotics in it, adaptogens, all kinds of superfoods that your body needs. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this special blend of ingredients, what does it do for me, right? No, it supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus. And look, even aging, which damn, that sounds like a bold claim. But the whole point is... A lot of us, we get to this point in our life, we're not always making the best decisions. How about one little scoop with all this good ingredients? You know, it's like, is this the only green you're going to put in your diet? At least do something right. Start your day with AG1. 
Fair enough. And also, BC, you could take it on the road, can you not? You take travel packs with you when we travel, right? I do. I'll be bringing those same travel packs to, to D.C. You better believe that, brother, because I'm on the monthly plan with AG1, all right? I'll get the same package in the month, same date, every year. Oh, it's the first of the month. It's AG. It's Athletic Greens time, right? I know that used to mean something different in your day, Luke, but it's changed, just like I've changed my outlook and my health because of this company. Bone thugs and athletic greens. All right, BC, it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, contains less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Yeah, you know what I like best about it, Luke? The price. How about less than $3 a day for you to invest in your health? And by the way, cheaper than that cold brew habit that you've been having issues with. Taking Athletic Greens is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And, you know, don't just ask me. How about 7,000 five-star reviews for Athletic Greens, including the trust of the leading health experts like Tim Ferriss, Michael Gervais. I mean, who else are you going to believe? Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And, you know, you want to make it a little easier? How about Athletic Greens giving you for free a one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D? Also, you get those five free travel packs that we talked about. All you got to do is this. It's simple. AthleticGreens.com slash Morning Combat. And, of course, that's with a K, brother. Again, that's AthleticGreens.com slash Morning Combat to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, BC, if you're ready, I am. I would love to get this show on the road. You ready to go? Let's let's drive this shit. Let's do it. 18-wheelers. All we need is some trucker speed and a willingness to do gross things in the back cab, and we're ready, Luke, all right? All right, here we go. This weekend, uh, the UFC is on the road, but not with a pay-per-view. Yes, of course, they're back in Texas. They're going to be in Austin. It's UFC fight night, Cater versus Emmett. Calvin Cater's going to be taking on Josh Emmett. First thing I want to say is, overall, I'm going to repeat it one more time. This card is phenomenal. Now, of course... What's going to happen by the time the card gets to the final conclusion? Will there be weight misses or whatever? I don't know. But as it stands on paper now, it's just great. Really, really, really strong. Let's start with that main event, BC. Calvin Cater taking on Josh Emmett. Now, there was a big breakdown that Richard Mann had. I want to dig into some of the details as we go on here a little bit. But first things Wait, first. did Richard refer to himself in this story that you're referencing as Dick Man? Is that, did that did. happen, Luke? He did refer to himself as Dick Man, which I can only uh, ascertain means he heard Morning Combat <laughs> and your stupid joke. Oops. Let, let me ascertain. Let no, me like ascertain he, your nickname. I, it's I Dick like Man. How, I like how he took the nickname you gave him and then turned it into "This is what dumbasses on Twitter say to me." I like that. It was a little nice little switch there. But the point being is, Cater and Emmett BC, realistically, not so much because they've done great work, but there's also like a little bit of a gap in terms of what's happening at featherweight. As we know, UFC 276 is going to be the, the, the trilogy between Max and Volkanovski. We have a whole thing coming out about that. But I wonder in your mind, does Cater versus Emmett scream title contender to you? And the reason why I'm a little bit hedging it is because they both had some pretty significant losses that were not too, too long ago, including the Cater one with Max, which was a historic beating. And also, what if Max wins? Are they going to do Max Cater too? How do you assess the stakes in this one? I mean, the stakes are high. How you want to individually assess them depends on how you're looking at sort of the top, you know, five to seven of the rankings. And let's remind you, in terms of who's fighting in this matchup, you do have number four, Calvin Cater, 
against number seven, Josh Emmett. Luke, I don't want to discount what a win could do for Cater because he could have done nothing better than what he did, bounce back from that Max Holloway loss and score an absolutely great comeback win and show you know, how hungry he is and how much he's still right here despite that damaging loss. So, yes, a win for Cater is huge. But correct me if I'm wrong here, Luke, but I'm looking at this even as a bigger opportunity for Emmett, who we know the window being, what, 35 is getting smaller, yet he's won four in a row. He bounced back from that nearly two-year layoff coming off of the damage he took in outlasting Shane Burgos, and he put together a very nice victory over Dan Ige to continue that momentum. If he beats number four, Calvin Cater... I do think we're talking about this man with arguably the best overall tattoo game in this sport filled with awful tattoos, but obviously the chin, the punching, the wrestling, the 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 stamina. I'm wondering if he comes uh, has an opportunity here to really make a leap. Would you agree with me, Luke, that one has a slightly more higher potential upside of what they can spin this entering this fight, or am I a little bit, just a little bit off based on maybe potentially the chemicals dumped in the water in the river that I grew up in and possibly some other factors that, that play? Well, you that. tell me, because here I'm going to read you their last five fights, and you tell me which one has more to gain here based on where they've been. So if you look at uh, Josh Emmett, he has a loss to Jeremy Stevens, which was a really bad one because of the damage that it did. But then he rebounded against Johnson, then Amir Saad Bektic, then Shane Burgos, and then more recently, Dan Ige. Conversely, if you look at the five for Calvin Cater, there's the loss to Magomed Sharapov, which I think we would both agree is somewhat controversial. But it was a fair win. But you know, it was an interesting change of affairs there in the in the third. No, I mean, dude, hold on. He came on in the third. Anyone that wants to say, hey, if that was five rounds, okay, that's fine. You know, hey, if your if your uncle didn't have that piece on him, he'd be your aunt. Okay, cool. But it was a three round fight, and Zabit won it. And Zabit's also the best featherweight in the world. What else you want from me, Luke? Is he? Is that what he is? All right, then he beats Jeremy Stevens, then he beats Dan Ige, then he had that historic, that's what it, really what it was, the loss to Holloway, but he rebounded against Giga Chikadze, and I really wonder, is that Chikadze win the best of the two wins, frankly, that either of them might have? It actually might be. I think he's gotten a little bit higher. The rankings speak to that. I do think Emmett has certainly a less of a timetable to make this work, and also I would agree. I think this would be a huge, huge win for him. Now, to answer the original question about the stakes, you still have Ortega and Rodriguez coming down the pike, so that seems to me like the much more likely of the two to get the title shot, especially if it's Yair. But I think Emmett could cause a lot of disruptions here if Volkanovski wins. That Cater would be a fresh matchup. They would be, you know, in the on deck circle or something like well, that. They wouldn't be next up to bat. I do like when there's a scenario, and you're right. That matchup, Ortega, uh, it's got. Are they closer to getting that title shot with a win, especially looking great? More likely than not, yes. But, Luke, they are both coming off a loss, Yair and Ortega. And I do like when the UFC sort of says, look, we have multiple fights coming up involving guys in the top five to seven or eight or whatever. Really, whoever comes through and puts forth the dominant performance could open the door and the path for them to get a shot. And I kind of like sometimes when it's a little bit more ambiguous and open, almost like who wants it, right? Who's coming after it? So I think that's got to be in the back of the mind for both of these gentlemen that a big win here. And yes, I don't want to discount how big that Giga, Giga, Giga how big that win over uh, Kala, <laughs> Chikadze, Giga Chikadze. Let me, <laughs> let me uh, recover from that stroke I just had on air, Luke. Um, I don't want to discount how great that win was. It, it was fantastic. So you're right. Um, I do think, though, you could crash the party with a big performance. The stakes are high. This is a great main event. The attention will be here. We love this freaking division. Damn, Luke. Uh, I think that we're going to see a very manly 
five-round main event on Saturday, and I think it's going to get Harry in there, bro. Also, to be clear, Josh Emmett is 37. Now, he turned 37 in March, so he's not like, you know. Oh, I said 35. Is he really 37? Yeah. Well, remember, he missed a bunch of time after losing to Jeremy Stevens. So that fight was in 2018. He didn't come back till over a year later. He fought twice in 2019, won both of those, fought again in 2020, won that, and then fought again against Dan Ige. By the way, the fights against Burgos and Bektich were both either fight of the night or performance of the night bonuses. Yeah. So he's had a big rebound. In fact, if he wins this weekend, that's five featherweight wins in a row. And I think not all five. He KO'd Michael Johnson and he TKO'd Bektich. But the last three would be overranked opponents. And then this one would be inside the top five. There'd be a clear escalation. I believe that's right. It'd be a clear escalation, yes, of his development. So, yes, I think Josh Emmett certainly has no room for error. I mean, if, think about it realistically. If you're 37 and you lose here to Cater, and let's say you lose fairly, right, like the other guy was just better on that night, that would probably dash any title hopes short of like a short notice, you know, oh, we need you on a moment's notice. Could you help? Yes, he'd be relevant in that sense. But it's really it's, – it's a bit of do or die for Josh Emmett this weekend. Fair? Very fair. Very fair. And the age update certainly does that, as does Luke, as you mentioned. Look, I mean, this guy's had two legitimately long and arduous recoveries, one from that brutal knockout loss to Stevens that you mentioned. But, Luke, that thriller against Shane Burgos can't be forgotten because of what it did to both of them. Both were willing on that night to come out and say, look, I think I'm the next title contender. I've got, I'll do whatever it takes to get past this step. Uh, we may need to see some of that same spirit and that Hutzpah coming out of Josh Emmett once more because this division, as you know, is full of hammers. And this guy, you could argue, Luke, on this four-fight win streak in the recovery from that Stevens knockout has taken the longest possible road to get there. No disrespect, obviously, to how well Cater recovered from the damage in that Max Holloway loss. Both are battle-tested, but both had to crawl through some shit to get to this point. Um, you know, I, I, for both of these guys, I'd love to see them come through with a spectacular performance and be in that discussion because these are two blue-collar members of this division, and I think both have really, you know, through highs and lows, have shown you that. I don't know who has the edge. I love the style contrast. I love the toughness of both. Luke, this is appointment viewing. This is this is why we go, you know, this is why we do this shit. I can't wait for this main event. Give me any reason not to like it. You can't. Also, one thing that sort of shows up on tape, and then if you look at the the you know the win losses, you can kind of see it there a little bit. But like Richard Mann had something that was just really really smart about this. If you look at how many knockdowns uh, Josh Emmett scores, he ranks ninth among active UFC fighters, right? But six of those and the eight ahead of him are all heavyweights. So the only two non heavyweights ahead of him are Conor McGregor and Sean O'Malley, dude. Fucking Josh Emmett can thump. He is a yeah. very, very heavy-handed guy. The stats speak to that. And in fact, listen to this little thing. I just thought this was fun. I mean, I, I didn't even realize this until you sort of pointed out. Um, listen to this. He has scored, talk about Josh Emmett, has scored knockdowns in seven straight fights and has landed four knockdowns against Felipe Aranches, which is tied for the second most ever landed in a UFC fight. The only two times as it was more was when Jeremy Stevens was kicking Gilbert Melendez and he kept falling. And then Forrest Petz when he beat Sam Morgan, which I watched that fight. He was hitting Sam Morgan so hard his ears were wiggling in slow motion. Joe Rogan made a comment about it. I thought he was going to make Sam Morgan mow his lawn. It was such a beating. Other than that, dude, Josh Emmett is the guy out there putting fucking hands on people. So it's not just you have two good fighters. You've got a guy in Josh Emmett who is a fight-ending threat. And then you take a look at what 
catered it to Stevens. He's hardly some slouch in that department himself. Pretty interesting fight. Pretty action-oriented fight, if I'm looking at it. Yeah, and they're both gritty, and there's both so there's so much reason with the stakes to have to fight another another absolute war. I mean, I I don't see this being dominant on one side, Luke. You know, as much as there is that potential of someone could break through with the kind of you know stoppage type win that you're like, damn. I feel like we're headed through five crazy, arduous, intense, damage-heavy rounds, and uh, these are two two men that are that are up to the task. And Luke, you did you did kind of gloss over. Look, I know you like different styles of tattoos. You know whose tattoos were you talking about? Josh if a man's going to tat his ass, you're here for it. That's fine. That's your preference. But uh, Emmett's tats are fantastic. The coloring on the light skin, Luke, they pop. Okay, would you give the man the respect, please? I haven't seen these tattoos in a while. I'd have to take a look. You know who had interesting uh, tattoos by virtue of a um, a skin condition was Scott Jorgensen. He had vitiligo, so he went from sort of a normal skin pigmentation to a very light one. Obviously, as his skin changed color, which you know is its own little, I'm sure, a difficult situation. But it certainly made his tattoos pop. It certainly looked really, really interesting for that, and I think he kind of appreciated it in the end. So, um, yeah, tattooing skin uh, different across, across different hues can be difficult. Uh, all right, kind of, kind of crazy too how Richard Mann shares a nickname with a uh, star NFL quarterback too, right, Luke Deshaun Watson? You're really going there. <laughs> all right. Sorry, Luke. Sorry. I mean, really? Sorry. I mean, look, you know, it's it's the unpredictability that really makes the joke pop. You know what I mean? It's really it's like, wow, who brought a firework into the small, you know, room? This is crazy, is that, right? Is that, you know? Did you bring a firework or did you bring a flatulence? Which one did you bring? <laughs> I can't quite tell. <laughs> yeah. There, right. there was an explosion. I'll give you yeah. that. Yeah. I just don't know if it's feces or fireworks. <laughs> it's feces, um, feces. There you go. BC, uh-huh. okay. co-main event on this card, tremendous as well. Now, it's tremendous in the, for different reasons, and it was supposed to happen already, and there was a late fallout, but Donald Cerrone is kind of back. Boy, it's a quiet fight week for Donald Cerrone, is it not? The dude's fighting in like three days. There's hardly any talk about it. Plus, it's the return of the long layoff of Joe Lazon. Where are you on these like, you know, old guy fights or, you know, at the end of their run-ish kind of fights? Well, you know, is there a lot of talk? Is there a lot of anticipation? I think that's the follow-up question. While we love when two old, respected, battle-tested veterans who are still kind of hanging on fight each other, because to be fair... That's the best matchmaking for guys like this at this point. You know, you don't want to see Cowboy Cerrone fighting a hammer, climbing the ladder. But because this one got delayed, Luke, probably because Cerrone is, what, 0-5-1 and in his last six, I don't think there's a ton of anticipation unless unless I'm completely, you know, misreading the room here. I'm wondering, Luke, if this is the, the, the end of days. If Cowboy Cerrone loses this, can they keep employing him? I know he's right there in so many... Longevity, longevity-based UFC records alongside the likes of Jim Miller, Andre Olavsky, and, and others. But um, do you have high anticipation as sort of a a hey, two warriors will send you off here because Luke, whoever loses, is probably getting sent off. You okay with that? Well, Joe has kind of been doing his own thing for a while and was only going to come back for the right kind of fight. He has a, his own school in Massachusetts, which I think takes up the majority of his time. I'm told it's doing quite well. So. That's really where he's at. He's, Joe has, remember, for folks who may not realize this, when he knocked out Jens Pulver in his UFC debut, Joe Lazan was still had a full-time job as a computer programmer. And it wasn't until like a few fights into his UFC career where he was able to quit and then go full-time fighting. So he's always kind of had, you know, not one foot out the game, but irons in the fire, let's say. He always had a plan for this. He always had a plan for getting out of this. So a loss probably would send him packing, but not in some kind of, you know, uh, horribly negative way. Here's the other part about this, though, BC. Pop quiz. Pop quiz. How old is Donald Cerrone? 
Without looking, I'm going to say 38. Close. 39. 39. Oh. Oh. 39 years of age at 155 pounds, man. That is, that's old. That's really well, dude, old. The record what, speaks for that, those- too. Five recent losses were by knockout, and even though he won a couple in a row before that to kind of start this, remember he had that one final stand, it was Cowboy Dad, right? You're like, oh my God, could this you know aging battle-tested guy become a legitimate title chandler? And shout out to him for having that run, Luke. Before that run, he was getting knocked out a ton, and we were like, you know, how much more does this guy have? So he's one of those guys that if he's... You know, like Sam Alvey has incredible job security for a guy that loses a lot, Luke. I don't know why. You know, maybe he's just the perfect, you know, tester in that regard. Like Sometimes it happens in WWE as much as you don't want to hear it. There's guys that linger because they're just good at, you know, taking on the young guys, helping them along. Um, do you, th- like, do you think Cowboy could survive a loss here, Luke? Because they tend to love him in these parts. I mean, he is an ambassador in a lot of ways. But, Luke, he has not been an elite fighter for a while. I think you can, uh, you can understand that and agree with that. The last push he had was around 2018. He had lost three in a row to Masvidal, Lawler, and Till. And that was like peak Till. So you're like, okay, nothing, no big there. Rebounds against Yancey Medeiros. Now, he did lose to Leon Edwards, but it was a five-round fight. And Leon Edwards didn't like, you know, super beat him up, but he clearly controlled him and beat him. But then he arm bars Mike Perry. He head kick KOs Alexander Hernandez. That was the first fight on ESPN Plus back in Brooklyn. And then he beat Al I- Quinta in uh, Canada and did so like marvelously, like just completely outstruck him. It was after that where things took a turn for the worst, losing to Tony, losing to Gaethje, losing to McGregor. Then Pettis had the sort of draw against Nico Price or whatever, the no contest. And then he lost to Alex Morineau in his last contest. I mean, the you know, if you're saying you're losing to Justin and Tony and Connor, it's like, well, okay, that's one thing. And Alex Morneau's a good fighter, but he's not on par with the Tonys and the Justins of the world. And so that was a pretty clear sense that things have gone apart. I think if you, I think if he, I'll say this, BC, if he loses and gets stopped, and not like some freak like Joe Lazan flying armbar, but you know, like gets his ass whooped or something, I think UFC's going to sit him down and say, "Well, it's probably time. Uh, dude, to be fair, he's gotten his ass whooped a lot. I mean, the 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 punt, the damage resistance is is as low as it's ever been. Luke, he's always been a guy who you yeah, but like who starts slow, you could jump Alex on Alex Morneau. Alex Morneau is a younger guy in his career. He's just thirty one. He's right in the middle of his prime. Joe Lazan is very much towards the end. So if you're losing right. to guys towards the end of their career as well and getting finished. I think the UFC would be like, we don't really know how else to make fights for right. you at this point. If he wins this, Cowboy, the, you know you know the fight I want? I want to get to a point where Jim Miller and Cowboy Cerrone are tied for most UFC appearances and victories, and the winner would would essentially walk away for that, however long that period lasts, as, you know, the winningest fighter in UFC history or the most, you know what I'm saying? Like, do, if we're gonna if we're gonna let these doves fly, Luke, go, you know, let them go like that, right? You okay with that type of fantasy matchmaking to end the cowboy run if he wins this on Saturday? Honestly, if he gets stopped here, I would be happy to like, and again, not in some kind of like eh, go get that guy, but like out of genuine concern for his later in life. I mean, dude, forget about all the injuries he's had in MMA. How about just all the injuries he's had just living life? I mean, his quality of life at the end of there is going to be severely compromised. Um, if he gets finished here, I, I I would be happy to say the the guy's career is you know it, that that he's done his best work, he's done his best work, and if you're really acknowledging that, and now there's a question of like how much quality of life you're sacrificing later yeah. in life, there's really no point to it. Dude, so. Cowboys, remember Cowboy fought a debuting Eddie Alvarez, and he he fought his he fought his up. heart out and won a great fight, Luke. I mean that was a strong technical 
hard-ass performance. Like, to me, that's the best Cowboy I've seen. I know he's got some other big names wins. You know, he's had a great career. But to me, I always think of that Eddie Alvarez win as, like, when Cowboy puts it together and it's not just all about bud cans and yachts and street fight, you know, fist fights. The guy could fight at a near, near elite level. And he, and he, he sniffed that area a few times throughout this memorable run, Luke. He certainly did. Uh, elsewhere on this card, BC, again, it is just, I mean, top to bottom, excellent. Uh, I'm going to tell you the fight that I've got my eye on. Uh, Demir Ismagulov taking on Guram Kutataladze. Dude, I know you're probably like going to laugh at me for all the names here because that's what you do. Yeah. But, dude, this fight might be the best one on the card. How familiar are you, are you with these two guys? I'm going to go very... with unfamiliar as, as probably the best way to sum it up, Luke. I think, I think like a lot of people are probably just like you. I think they're going to have a wake-up call uh, after this one. So in his UFC debut, in his <laughs> UFC debut, Guram Tutataladze defeated uh, Mateus Gamrot, even knocked him down, as a matter of fact. Gamrot had to wrestle for his life in this one, and it still wasn't enough. Here are the wins thus far for one Demir Ustmogulov. This will be his fifth UFC fight. His four previous are as follows. He made his debut against Alex Gorgiz. I don't know who that is. He beats him. Then Joel Alvarez, the guy out of Spain who's very good. Then he beat Tiago Moises. Then he beat Rafael Alves. And now he takes on Guram Kutateladze. Dude, these guys are absolute fucking hammers. And that dude from Georgia, Kutateladze, is a beast indefatigable cardio. He can punch his lights out. He's got pre- his wrestling could be improved in certain areas, but you want to talk about like two guys who you need to pencil in for potential title contenders? Or, granted, it's still early. It's these two guys for doesn't, sure. Doesn't that man's last name sound like a computer-generated UFC EA Sports fighter? It kind of sounds <laughs> like a mixture of Giga and uh, Iwan Kutilaba's last name, right? A little bit. I mean, he is Georgian. He is Georgian, like uh, the previous fighter you mentioned, not Kutilaba, who's I think what Moldovan. But yes. Um, but yes, it's a great fight. I won't belabor the point here because if you haven't, if you're not overly familiar, I won't make you pay attention. But I will ask you about Tim Means versus Kevin Holland. Now, this is an interesting one as well. Tim Means, you, you talk about Sam Alvey being a guy who kind of loses a lot, but is still valuable. Tim Means is a guy who's actually gotten some pretty good wins, but like he's a real measuring stick. If you can't beat Tim Means, you have no hope in this division. Uh, but he's not Tim- easy to beat. So if you can beat him, you actually might go pretty far. Dude, I like this matchmaking a lot. While Kevin Holland did bounce back from that losing skid that sort of, you know, he found his ceiling. He leveled out after that hot 2020 pandemic, you know, sort of kicked the door open. So nice comeback win against Cowboy Oliveira, but Kevin Holland still has to show us something. Means on a three-fight win streak, is that the dirty bird? Is that difficult out? You know, long arms, clean counter striker, tough as nails, can handle himself on the ground. I like the the style contrast and sort of what's at stake uh, in, in this one. Just like as I like, you know, anytime jo- Joaquin Buckley's going to show up on the card, Luke, and New Manza may have been unable to secure that. Uh, who did he go after? Darren Till and... Um, Chemaev and they acted like they didn't know who he was, Luke. Yeah, they're like, we don't know who the fuck that is. Yeah, yeah, he's faking. He's taking on Albert Durayev here, Luke. But uh, Buckley, look, his uh, his he has won four of five, Luke. Okay, and and he does spectacularly knock people out. Uh, I, I'm saying, even though he's got that that loss to Kevin Holland immediately after the famous knockout he had against uh, Kasangane. I'm still thinking there's something here on Buckley, Luke. He hasn't done enough to show us really either direction. You know what I'm saying? Whether he's just a flashy guy or whether there's long-term potential. He's shown a little bit of both, but he's won more than he's lost. So anytime he shows up on the card, I'm interested in seeing the development because there is a lot, you know, 
explosiveness, athleticism to work with. I think he's just working on ironing it out a bit. I don't think you're real high on Numanza, but you may have to start being Luke because he's coming on, okay? Uh, I am high on him, but you just kind of changed the subject from the Holland to the means fight. But yes, I am high on him. I work quick, bro. I work quick. I would also say the guy he's fighting, Albert Duraev, I've heard nothing but good things about. And he's got back-to-back wins over Bittencourt and then Kabilov, which again is not on the same level, I think, as what Buckley has done. But it's a real question of can Buckley stop the takedown or not? And if he does get taken down, to what extent does Duraev have tremendous ground and pound? I guess we're going to have to see. But... Um, he's he's been extremely impressive himself. So that's a great dude. That's another great dude, fight. On you're this right. Card. This prelim card has so many. I kind of have to tune in early moments on it. You know. Yeah. So Adrian Yanez, friend of the show, I suppose, taking on Tony Kelly. You might remember he's a very good fighter, Tony Kelly. But he was the one that called the other good person a dirty Brazilian and caused the whole controversy. Yeah, it's uh, tough Cor- when that becomes your your calling card. Like, oh, that's the risen guy. I got you. Know, I'm still trying to erase that, Luke. Okay. <laughs> I, I see that. I'm still the guy that John Jones said he didn't like. So believe me, I have to live that one down all the time too. Um, Eddie Wineland taking on Cody Stamen is another one that's actually pretty good. I thought Dude. Eddie Wineland might be done. Cody Stamen's a really good bantamweight, so that one could get interesting. Stamen has been at a higher level and has you know has gotten sunned a bit here. He needs to bounce back. So this seems like the right matchmaking to see you know exactly where he's at. But Luke, I got it circled. Uh, it's it's in the women's flyweight division, and you of know Jasmine Jazdevicious, who not only has a Lithuanian sounding name, but you know works with uh, Faraz Sahabi in, in in the old team. GSP camp and Luke, you know, she's got a little bit of something. You know, God is better than nothing, right? And, and in the color portrait world, I'm sure she believes that she's got it all. But, you know, from that victory on the Dana White series into transitioning into full time competition, there seems to be a long term something there, Luke. Size, accuracy, intention. Uh, she's a good fighter. This will be another test on that journey, taking on Natalia Silva. Do you have anything to say about this matchup, Luke? I can't believe how much you like Matchbox 20. Really is where I come down on this. I cannot believe how much you like matchboxed. You know, here's the, the thing. Match, we haven't talked about this. The I amount mean, of times you give like a Counting Crows or even like a you know Sublime reference, I sort of get. Okay, matchbox I'm going to stand 20. by. I'm going to stand by the first three Counting Crows albums, but in particularly the first one, and be like, look, they're the '90s answer to Van Morrison. They're absolutely legit. I will not stand by Matchbox Twenty the same way, Luke, because they're sort of like. You know, drive th- McDonald's drive-through pop country mixed together, but but under the house of nostalgia, under the let me put on a song to make it feel like it used to feel in the '90s. You can't tell me, along with Third Eye Blind, the Matchbox Twenty doesn't hold a piece of your heart. I'm not saying the music stands the test of time, but Luke, you put on 3 a.m. You put on um, Push. You know, Long Day. You put on any of those jams off that that yourself or someone like me album. I'm sorry, Luke. They're taking you right the fuck back to 1997. There's nothing you can do about it. It holds up, okay? It's not great music. I started a brand new high school in 1997 when I was 16 or 17. I don't want to go back to 1997. It's funny you would say that because I got DM'd by two different people this week saying, why doesn't Luke love Georgia enough? Meaning not the the nation in, in Euro Asia. I'm talking about the state of Georgia. To put that flag on his body, huh? Dude, and I'm Georgia, like, Georgia sucks. I'm like, yo, get in line behind India under the homelands Lucas has been, you know, been avoiding Georgia, lately. I mean, okay. listen, if you if there's, there's every listen, Savannah, for example. So, have you ever been to Savannah, Georgia? You no. ever been there? No. It's a tremendous place. I mean, I couldn't say more good things about it. It is beautiful. Is it better than amazing... Charleston, South Carolina? Because I hear that's it's, a 
Tremendous. So I would put those two neck and neck. They're okay. they're they're uh, Charleston might be a little bit better at this point, but they're very very close. They're they're almost equivalent in that sense. So if you have like Charleston in your mind and how awesome that is, Savannah is right there and vice versa. So that that part is true. But like, dude, like most yeah, people, I love slavery history. Let's do it. No, Luke, it's not that's, even that. It's not even that, dude. It's like old French history and stuff. But the 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 bigger part is like. For me, I found everything there suffocating and awful. It was full of like hardcore evangelicals in my high school. Um, ju- you know, I, I just, I just everything was strip malls everywhere you could go. I didn't like the life there. I didn't like the people. Yeah, hey, I was happy to get the fuck out of Georgia. I can worked, tell you that. Worked for Douglas Lima. Worked for yeah, T Mac. It, it works for a lot of people. It just didn't work for me. And I was, I and I and I lived in, I lived in Nashville, Georgia. Valdosta, Georgia, and then Marietta, Georgia. So I had a nice taste of both upper and lower Georgia. Yeah. Didn't get better no matter where you go for me. So it was many nice people there. If you're watching this from Georgia, you might have a great life. Good for you. It wasn't for me. Do you like, because you are a respecter of well-run, clean cities that offer a lot. Do you like Atlanta? Because I've I've known to enjoy Atlanta, Luke. Like every other big city, Atlanta's got some charm. It's got some charm, but you know, their metro system sucks. It's called MARTA. It's no good. It's heavily segregated. Um, yeah, no, it's not. It's not uh, on my list of like top ten cities. I don't know if I'd put Atlanta there in the United States. I'll put okay. it that way. But again, they've got the Varsity, which is a great burger chain. If you've ever been there, so they got that. that going for him. Shout out to Russell and his wife who got married with Elvis while wearing an MK sweatshirt. Love those. Love those. I've said this before, dude. I had a teacher in high school who we're, we were. He looked me dead in the face and he goes, um, "The devil created monkeys to trick man into believing into uh, evolution." And I was like. I think I need to get the fuck out of here. I think that's what I need to do. So I did. Uh, all right. With that Luke, out of the can way. Can I tell you a true story? I don't want to oh, break. Hold on, real quickly. Phil Haas also takes on Duran Wynn on this card. Another great fight. There was a gentleman. He's an MK fan. Okay. He's from Doha. And he goes, you know, I hear BC, you harping all the time. Uh, Luke won't give love to, to India, his home nation. He won't even mention them. He's like, no, I was born in American sovereign territory. Bitch, you were inside the... City limits, so country limits there of India, okay? But he's from Doha. He's like, forget, forget Luke ever, you know, representing what, what, what our culture brought to his life, you know? He said, and he never did it, Luke. He, he, he was like, can you give me the address to the MK Studios? I want to send you, BC, traditional cutter men's headwear. And yeah, I dude, responded. That's, a, that's an HR problem. I responded. I, mean, I said, look, is it racist if I wear this as a tribute to Doha because Luke is unwilling to recognize his past? If I do that on the air, he said, I am from this part. I am. This is my culture. It is an honor for you to do that. Luke, I checked. You heard me. I checked the mailroom when I got to the building on Monday. No, no, no headdress. What would your reaction have been, Luke? If I'm so, willing to honor your land. Something between sadness and horror. <laughs> Luke, it would have been done out of respect, just so you know, okay? I don't think you know how to do that for people who aren't actually American. Uh, but I don't rep that because I was like six months old when I lived there. Like, what is that? I don't, I don't know shit about that. You turned you know? your back on them once they, they paid all that money to get the World Cup there, Luke. You're like, forget this. this yeah, land. I'm not watching yeah. the World Cup this year either. Um for many, like, many reasons. You're like, right. I refuse to buy stereos that weren't built in the U.S. 
Well, I mean, listen, the supply chains of the world make everyone somewhat morally culpable, but the World Cup this year is a unique evil. I just that can't. That's true. I can't. I mean, would you say the same about the 08 Beijing Olympics, or are we going in the wrong direction here, Luke? Okay. I didn't, I don't know. I didn't pay enough attention at the time. So I, I mean, everyone, everyone is compromised. Everyone has something Including going me, on Luke. where they can't maintain proper standards. I'm not telling anyone else what to do. If they want to watch the World Cup, watch it, and I won't judge you for it. I'm just telling you, I remember when they were building those stadiums there and like the, the massive amount of deaths and injuries of just outright abuse of poor people, especially from uh, Nepal and other places. Uh, you know, living in these horrible sweatshop conditions. I just couldn't yes. do it. I just I can't do it. I Luckily do for it. us, the only one who died in building MK was J. Aaron Luke, or at least his career, but, you know, we had a good run. With yes, him. but and his death wasn't even noble. It was just, it was just <laughs> gone. All right. Topic number two, BC. Uh, probably a oh, podcast you, no, no you talk to. about former Golden Boy MMA star Deron Wynn coming back against Phil Hawes. That's a good fight, Luke. It's a very good fight. Phil Hawes had a lot of problems, but kind of rebounded, kind of not. He's definitely improved a lot since his loss to Julian Marquez on Dana White's Contender Series. He definitely has gotten better. And how about the I curtain jerker? First fight of the night on the prelims, Kyle Dawkins against Roman Delize. Isn't that the guy who was hanging out with um, with Cheyenne Velismas over in... Uh... Over in Europe there, Luke? Literally, the only reason you know who Roman Deladze is is not because he's fought in the UFC a couple times or more than that even. It's just because he has a connection to Cheyenne Vlismas. That's really the only reason you know who he is. I'm just going to point that out. All right. If you're done, we can move on to topic number two. Yes, let's do that. Yes, All right. Go ahead, Luke. BC, on a podcast that I am certain you subscribe to on the Kurt Angle show, Ronda Rousey was on. And I guess she, he, she was asked, excuse me, under what condition would you ever... Go back to MMA. And here's what she said. Quote, there's only one person I would come back for. I've said it a million times. It's not like I, it's something new, but for Gina, Gina Carano. She's the reason why I got into fighting. She's the reason why I knew it was a possibility. I will always be forever grateful. If she was ever like, Rhonda, I want to fight you tomorrow, 205 pounds, like whatever the hell she wants. I'm not saying she's 205 pounds. I'm sure she's very svelte. If she wanted to come into my backyard and do the Rocky thing or, you know, ding, ding, we can just go in the backyard. I don't care. I will fight Gina wherever she wants, even if she doesn't want to forever. Leave that offer there. It's a respect thing, not an FU thing. I'm com- not like I'm coming to get you. It's just like, hey, if you ever want to pull that card, it's there. I love her. Thank you, Gina, for everything you've done. Level of interest on a Gina Carano-Ronda Rousey fight. Look, it's easy to rip this, and everybody is. is sort of going like, come on, Carano's 40. She fought last, like, you know, when this was barely a sport, right? You know, and they sort of the first major, major all eyeballs on. And shout out to Showtime and... You know, CBS for being a big part of that behind the scenes, strike for Scott Coker and company. But the whole point is, Luke, yeah, I'd be interested at the end of the day because I think this is like, we're, Luke, James Tony versus Randy Couture, CM Punk versus Mike Jackson. Like, dude, we're going to get to a point where we're going to look back at those as sort of like the same dinosaurs we see of, you know, Keith Hackney punching Joe Son in the balls 50 times in a row. Like, sort of like, uh, I think we're, you know, Wesley Snipes versus Joe Rogan in a UFC fight. Like, we're not going to do that shit anymore. This is a professional operation that has an ESPN and Disney behind them. But I do think this is probably the last of the Mohicans in that category. This would be an absolute freak fight, yet I believe the mainstream would full bore uh, attach themselves to this. Even, even just the Rousey comeback story alone from the two knockouts and the... I wouldn't say disgraced exit, but you know the, the the you know went through some hard times after that, and and maybe didn't handle it all perfectly, dude. Um, yeah, it, because Luke, it is a they're so far past it. I don't even know if Corano has interest, by the way, and and but they're so far past this mentally and physically 
that I think it would be a, I, I kind of have to see what it looks like. So yeah, at the end of the day, Luke, we can all act like, oh, dismiss this shit. I don't need it. Dude, we'd all be there. Do you think the UFC would, would do this? They don't really do this kind of shit anymore. Would they do this? Then again, they just had Nick Diaz fight last year. What am I talking about? Of Dude, course they had they're going to do this. CM Punk fight not too long ago either. Of yeah. course they would do this. Yeah, yeah I mean, right. they wouldn't. Here's the thing about UFC. They won't do this regularly. They won't do this every year. They'll do something like this every once in a while. So I absolutely believe that they would do it. Um, it'd be stupid. I tell you what, you know, it's kind of funny. I'd actually be more interested in this if it was BKFC. And the reason why is because as long as it's MMA, you know, Ronda, faded or not, she's a better athlete than Gina, and she's a, certainly a much better grappler. She would just have her way with her, I think, even if she's a little bit smaller. I, I yeah, what, would, what weight would they do? What would they do? Like, open weight? Would this be the first UFC women's heavyweight fight, Luke? Like, w one, pro well, you know, I'm not even sure, 150-ish, something like that, probably, somewhere in that. I mean, if Ronda fought 130, how high would she be willing to go? Probably around that. Um, but she would still mop the floor with her, I'm, I'm fairly confident. And so it wouldn't be all that fun. However, however... If it's BKFC, one, you don't have to worry about the freak show element. Dude, you're not taking two beautiful women and putting them in bare-knuckle fighting. Come on. They're Why not? Because they got out of fighting for separate reasons and had separately, you know, impressive careers outside of the world of taking punches to the face. And now they're just going to come back and, oh, on top of that, we're going to fight bare-knuckle. Come on, dude. They're not doing that shit. What are you talking about? They're going to come back. They're going to fight. To your point, the fight's going to last. I'm, I'm not saying that's what they're going to do. You understand that, right? I'm simply saying I would like it more. I'm saying it's not even it's not even a conversation. It's the same conversation of, I hey, would you guys be in an adult movie together? About a theoretical preference I would have? Of course I Dude, can. Dude, but I'm yes, saying it's not, say even, it's not even, they wouldn't even remotely. I'm not, you see, are you that. under the impression I am suggesting this is a real possibility or I'm an trying to. I'm trying I'm to gauge your, once again, you're questioning my question of your integrity, Luke. Luke, I'll challenge your integrity every single day of the week. Yeah, I know, because you're a bad faith actor when it comes to that. Dude, I'm just telling you what I would like more if it were possible. And if it were possible, it would be more interesting to me if it was BKFC versus MMA. That's it. That's all I'm saying. All right. I do agree with you that it would be short. Look, I, I have a hard time not comparing this to to G, to Matt Hughes versus Hoist Gracie. In yes. what? 2008, 2007 yes. ish when Something it was like, like yeah, it was it was, you know, and Hughes had some more in the tank, of course. But it was it was like. What the hell is this going to look like? You know, I think it would be that type of freak show, and I think it would end just as sort of Badly. weird and gross. And, you're, and to, to back your opinion, Rousey takes her down, and I mean, she could put on arm bars on people who haven't been fighting in her sleep. Correct, Luke? I mean, yes. like, you know, yeah. yes. The difference yeah. in grappling ability is significant. Gina would obviously be a little bit bigger, so that does sort of cancel out a little bit. But, you know, if you don't think Ronda has thrown people a lot bigger than her, I, I guarantee you she has. By the way, is Ronda back? I thought, I, I, where is Ronda with WWE? I see her sometimes back. She's not back. What is, what's going on there? Do you know? She took, she took a long break to, to uh, give birth, and she came back, I think it was last year, to mixed results. I think she came back at, or no, maybe it was WrestleMania this year. Either way, she's back at it in a... I'm not watching week to week, so I can't speak with full clarity here. But I think it's more of a part time ish role. But, but um, you know, she she's she's cringe on the mic, but you know, physically she can go, Luke. And um, uh, dude, how big would it be? Because there are there are other question. audiences. I mean, you know, like as much as you want to say about Corona's politics, if you don't agree, or that topless photo a couple years ago on Instagram, um, people care about her. People care about the Mandalorian. Like, you know, she's in. Isn't she in some like 
cowboy horror movie with Cowboy Cerrone coming up? Yeah, but it's Ben Shapiro's Daily Wire Studios. Like, it's it's yeah. really sad. Okay. It's I'm saying people would care. They would care a lot. So yes, how much would that. they care? So the how much would is, they actually care? BC, yes or no, true or false, Carano versus Rousey, or Rousey versus Carano, however you want to stage it, does a million pay-per-view buys if promoted correctly. Yes. My question, to flip that back to, to the validity of this actually being a thing, is not only do you need the willingness of both women to potentially take a hard L on the bright stage again, of course, and I'm sure Rousey, like we're saying, believes that this would be you know the easiest fight she could take, so it probably would make sense that this is the only fight she'd come back for. I get that, but you'd have to pay them not typical UFC main event money, Luke. They're not coming back for a million. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Oh, right. Like these are these are stars. Like like Rousey has maintained a level of stardom through her her you know post UFC uh, vehicles that she's been a part of. And Carano obviously is you know as famous in a in a whole in a whole different audience than she ever was originally. To be fair, you know, or more famous in a lot of ways. So. She's certainly controversial. That's true. You would have to pay them the money that you're not willing to pay <laughs> to pay John Jones to fight at heavyweight, right, Luke? I, I think you might be onto something there. Also, the other weird part is just an actuality, right? So let's say that they did book this fight. They came off their pockets for like a one-time thing. They did the impossible. We talked about how it would have to be promoted correctly. Dude, would Ronda ever do a press conference? Would she ever like? Would she ever seriously put herself in a position? where she had to answer unscripted questions about the Nunez loss or about the Holly Holm loss. Um, I let me add, she would, dude. Who's doing the interview? Ramona Shelburne or or who? Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. who, who's allowed to talk to her, Luke? That's the first question. Yeah, that's a good point. Could be interesting. Honestly, they might do it if they get a little, not desperate, because they're not desperate, but like, what do you put the chances of something like that happening? I'm going to put it less than, I'll say 10%-ish, something like I have, that. I have legitimate, like, what, what, is, what would Carano gain here, Luke? Big paycheck. Um, I think, here's the thing. It's like, we live in this polarized world. She punted on a Star Wars future for her values. I, I would say her values are somewhat ridiculous, but she did. I wonder if the UFC machine, through this athletic contest could Re revive her brand revive her brand not to the people who still like her because again right. it, got, it got kind of split but maybe to the people that lost their way with her a little bit yeah yeah no i, I think that's fair if she has those type of intentions to you know because you have to know what is she looking at she look at it like you said she made a decision based on beliefs and she was willing to stick by that but she also was getting pretty far as a sort of surprise Hollywood yes. run, Dude, you know, she was great on the Mandalorian. She was right. Really I mean, she good. was in the Fast and the Furious. Like she's done a lot of things post Strike Force, you know, and and it's built and she's gone higher with each one. I'm not saying this Cowboy Cerrone movie is going anywhere, but you get my point. Um, I wonder. Okay, that that does bring me back. If she's willing to take a potential loss, and maybe she thinks to herself, okay, I get some, you know, I get put in an armbar, big deal, right? I tap, right? Yeah, basically. Yeah, it's okay. not. It's it, there's there's some possibility there. It seems the unlikely, problem is but... Chris Cyborg's going to be pissed off if this happens, Luke. Okay, yeah, right? That's true. That's a good point. Chris Cyborg, like, what the fuck, bro? What else do All I right. have to do to get this? You know, yeah, come on. All right, topic number three, BC. We have it officially, but they announced it on Saturday. We never really got around to it, but it's sort of worth pointing out. Kamaru Usman, it's official versus Leon Edwards. This will be set for August twentieth, UFC two seventy eight. I believe this is going to be in Salt Lake City, which is kind of funny that they're going there. But okay. Neither here nor there. So Leon spoke to, well, first of all, 
your reaction to them putting this fight finally together late August. They want to have an international fight week. Kamaru's hand wasn't ready. Do you have a... What's your sense of anticipation around this bout? Kamaru Usman, our pound-for-pound best. Leon Edwards, certainly a very deserving, worthy contender. You can't say he's not. But they fought once before. It wasn't especially close. Do you have a lot of feeling that this one might be different in a lot of ways? I think it'll end up being a fight that'll surprise us because we all think the same thing you said like oh yeah i guess they kind of had to do this i don't love it i saw the first one but look they're both much different fighters that first fight was seven years ago right i mean they are much different fighters now my whole point of this is look leon edwards deserved this so if he didn't get it here luke if they had pushed him aside for chamayev or for whatever flavor of the moment there um you would have to ask yourself, like, what else would that man have to do? I mean, he was willing to fight Nate Diaz, right? And he, and he you know, and he fought through the the hell of the final round, and he got to this point. The win streak's been long. Uh, I think it's the right fight to make. Salt Lake City's an interesting backdrop for it, as you mentioned. But you know, Usman's going to be thirty six really soon. Right. How many more times is he going to make that walk? And um, this feels like he's doing it maybe because he has to. Maybe, you know, okay, do this one, then we'll try to explore the big fights that you're kind of interested in. But I don't think it's going to excite anyone until it happens, and then you're going to go, well, you know, Leon Edwards is a much better fighter from that point. Let's see what he can do. I think it's going to look a little interesting, Luke. I do, right? Also, you, to your point about Kamaru's wrestling, like, you know, he's obviously a phenomenal athlete. We know how good he is. But to your point, also being 36, does he? And I'm sure he does still have a great motor. I would favor him to win. I'm going to favor him to win. But I do wonder, you know, he's obviously been striking a lot more. Some of that is probably a, because he's a lot better at it. But also there's a lot of energy preservation, like the wrestling style that he was incorporating early yes. in his UFC run. That is taxing as shit. And that's easy to do when you're 28. Not so much easy to do when you're 35, 36. I'd be curious to see exactly how much the wrestling figures into the equation here and what that might say about the present state or what's left of his championship ability. Absolutely. Kind of an and look, he, he's the type of competitor, I believe, Luke, who's who's at a point now where it's like, why do I go back to that? I've already proven what I can do in wrestling. I'm trying to show you that I'm the pound-for-pound king and one of the all-time greats. I'm going to come out here and beat this guy at what he does. And if that's the case, this is going to be an interesting fight, Luke, because you know I don't think Edwards is going to be a huge finishing threat against him but Edwards can win rounds with activity and technique and, and speed, and, and, and he's you know he's not going to be easy to pick up. And uh, there there could be some fun moments here in terms of like we're like, wow, did Kamaro do enough to win that round? Um, will he start shooting if he needs to? These are some of the things where I think the time has made this di- this matchup different, and I think that's going to be intriguing. Even though commercially we can't act like anyone's excited about this, they're not. Look, be fair, they're not. They're not. No, I don't think it has a whole lot of commercial buzz, but it's an important fight. And again, Leon Edwards has earned this twice over. you got to give it to him. And so I understand why it's happening. Now, it is interesting, BC. Leon told Ariel Hawani on the MMA Hour, speaking about Jorge Masvidal, the whole three-piece in the soda or whatever it was, quote, when I win the belt, I'll give him the title shot. That would be a fantastic fight in the UK. Bring it back to the O2 where it happened for the title. That's what I want to do after this. I'll offer it to him. I'll offer it to him if it happens in the UK for sure. My dream scenario would be to bring it back to London and headline London. I've never gotten the opportunity to headline London. First, I was supposed to do it with Woodley. Remember, that fell out because of the pandemic. Then that got canceled because of COVID. So I've always wanted to come back and uh, home and do it. First of all, I would love to see a title. If he wins, he should get a title fight in London. I would very much agree with that in part because London is just red hot for a combat sports market and also it would be a a very fun deserving thing for him but I gotta tell you my interest in seeing the Masvidal fight at this point is I'm not gonna say zero that's not quite right but I don't is it high on your list of priorities if if 
he wins no. the belt? It's not high at all, Luke. It's really not. It's really, I feel like Maswell's the window for that the, one kind of closed a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it did. And, and Maswell's in a different spot in his career. Edwards is a better fighter by far and, and, and should be looking for more. But, you know, if he lost this fight against Usman and that money fight's available, they'd probably still make it. But, Luke, how many more UFC fights do you think Masvidal has? I know he re-signed, and maybe that was part of UFC putting him on paper for a long time, giving him job security so he doesn't go over and box Jake Paul. Right, right. But, you know, how many more fights before... I mean, if he keeps matching himself huge, he's going to take L's, right? You know, does is it is should Jorge be fighting against other old guys in absolute bangers at this point? I'm not sure how his... Stru- his, con- his it, it, the way his contract works will define the matchmaking, right? I mean, because if the there's significantly greater financial rewards depending on how they match you, then you're going to just go for those, especially if you're at the end of your career where you really want to maximize whatever's left. I'm going to say a handful or less, five or less, right? That sounds reasonable to you? Okay, because, you know, he's a perfect candidate for BKFC. In fact, he'd be the biggest star they ever had. Oh, he and dude, their 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 market presence in Florida, he would sell that bitch out quickly. I just he should merge icon fighting networks with that. Luke, you're um frozen on my Zoom screen here. Is this what the rest of the world's seeing? You're, I don't think I don't know. Uh you're BC disapp- take over. I need to restart Luke's live All right, Yeah, there Luke's you go. Luke's gonna get his restart here. Look at that disapproving look by Luke. It's like, you know, you could just come out with a banger of a great joke and Luke's just like Really? Really, BC? I work hard to retain my integrity and, and pronounce Israel's last name. Now, Rousey's last name, I don't give a fuck about that. You know what I mean, right? You know, like half the other guy's last names, but uh, Izzy, I'm going to nail that. No, so that's Luke. That, Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, there we go. There we go. Um, Luke is oh, back. There we go. I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. And I'm back straight up like Rakim. All right. BC, I know this one has uh, your pants around your ankles. No, it's not two women fighting that BC has some kind of bizarre incel crush on. Instead, wow. it's two absolute demons. Jose Aldo versus Marab Dawalishwili, I think that's how it's pronounced, is in the works apparently for August 20th. That would also be that UFC 278 card. Now, there was a movement to kind of get him a title shot already based on his winning. But BC, I got to tell you, and you go first here, I absolutely love this fight. Do you? Yes, I do. And what's awesome is that, you know, Devalish Wheelie at number six, Aldo at three. It's not that this fight was never, you know, in the in the universe of, of, of likely or talked about. I just don't feel like anybody was talking about it. We were sort of linking all those names in other avenues. Luke, this is the fight Marab needs, you know, the, the, the name he needs at this time on his resume to catapult himself into into that direct title conversation. And for Aldo, it's like, okay, you know, you want to be at this level. Could we have put you in against Dillashaw? Maybe. Uh, but I think, again, I think the fact that Aldo just fought for a title and lost badly does sort of slow down the need to to speed him into one at the moment. The problem with that is you got to beat Hammers. You know, you got you to earn your spot in the rankings. Like, they're making Jose work here. But Luke... Style contrast-wise, this is a hell of a fight, dude. I mean, can Marab gas him? Uh, we saw Devalish Wheelie get, get tuned up in the first round against... What's his name, Luke? Remember that crazy fight? Was that against Marlon Marais? Yeah. Like, yes. You know, it's Jose can have moments here. Jose can fit... I mean, this is going to be wild, and it's got so much value to it in this title picture and i thought it was interesting that this is the direction they went but for a fight that i really hadn't thought about all that much yeah dude appointment viewing like 
like you remember that the 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 thing I would always bring to to the stag parties, right? Uh, the bag o porn. Yes, you know it sounds ridiculous, right? And you know you go to a good—I don't know if they do stag parties anywhere but Connecticut, but it's a fucking thing here. Like you don't even need to know the person who has the stag party. Somebody's just like, "Hey, you buy a ticket for my buddy, and for twenty bucks, it's all the beer you can drink and a and a you know a buffet of shitty food. I mean, it's great." But look, these 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 uh these gifts in the raffle—you'll there could be a PlayStation, there could be golf clubs, there could be like box seats to the Red Sox game. But dude, you go to the right industrial town and you drop bag of porn in there. It don't matter how much it costs to put that together. Those old guys will grab that shit first and then start passing it around. Then there'll be a convention in the corner of the stag hall of these guys. You know, read. I mean, it's dude. This is bag of bag of awesome. Like all the way you can see I like, the similarities. I like how some people show up to the stag party. It's like, yo, I got box seats for the Sox uh, game. It's like, oh, I got uh, <laughs> tickets to the floor of the Knicks. And then you show up, you're like, I've got Captain Stabbing. <laughs> Who's interested? I mean, the key to, to to making the bag of porn idea work, to be honest, to be fair, is to get the, the most ridiculous, grossest magazines you can find. And then in like obscene lettering, right, in giant letters, bag dash O dash, you know, the rest, Luke. And something about that, it just charms old men. You know what I mean? Gross old men. But yes. <laughs> the kind that don't the know there is an internet, Luke. Okay. Those type of old men, you know, let me just say this. If you look, getting back to Marab very quickly, we see folks may not remember this. He lost his first two UFC fights. He lost to Frankie signs and Ricky Simone of uh, Ricky Simone, obviously a very good fighter. But since then he beat Terry on Brad Katona, Casey Kenny. This is where it starts to turn Gustavo Lopez. And in his last three, John Dotson, Cody Stamen, who's on this card this weekend, and then Marlon Marais in the last fight, and as you indicated, yeah. a bit of a tough first round. But, dude, he came back. He had. Would you agree? People talk about who's got the best cardio in, in MMA. It, it, it's probably Marab. I've never seen someone who can have that high an amount of output that long, especially when he's using it in the way that he's like scrambling and wrestling yeah. all the fucking it, it, time. He's amazing. You like to use that term, weaponizing the cardio. This guy's, you know, he's he's got all the way. I mean, the, the way he's able to do that, he might. I mean, look. There, you know, there's certainly a few guys in, that are champions in the top 10 pound for pound, you know, Usman included, who we can talk about. High motors, incredible output over five rounds, you know, fight at a high level. But yeah, I'd like to see when this guy starts moving up to full time five rounders, how much that that, you know, raises him to another level. Because obviously he can wrestle and, and, you know, I mean, where is his striking at? I mean, he took some damage against Marais, yeah. Luke. Well, but that's, damn, so that's been the knock on him. His cardio is always, like, out of this world. I really don't know if I've ever seen anything quite like it. On the other hand, you would have to agree, the rest of his game, it's coming along in the striking department, but it's very much unpolished. Conversely, Jose is a sniper when he needs to be. So in many ways, it's a bad matchup. But if Marab can hang on and force Jose to work... Could get interesting. Could get interesting. Oh, yeah. Give me that. You know what I mean? Give me that. When, when is that? Where is that? August? August 20th. Salt Lake City. Same card as Leon. And uh, again, it's it's not in, it's in the works. It's not signed. But it's in the works for that UFC 278 card. So okay. could be big. Hey, dude, by the way, just to get people excited about life, because I think you should all pause and, you know, smell the green grass once in a while. This summer into early fall for both it's combat insane. sports it's from insane. the standpoint of appointment viewing, right? I mean, I could just name things like Joshua Usyk 2, Spence Crawford, right? Like, I can name things like that in boxing where you're like, oh, okay, BC's right. But, Luke, the potential of all these other great matchups mixed with, like, is John Jones going to debut fighting for the heavyweight title to close this year? Like, there is so much. Damn. this is. I mean, what a, what a year. What a time. Luke, we picked a great 
great time to launch this show and become the best thing that ever happened to combat sports fans. We picked a great time, right? We really did. I hope they appreciate that. I mean, when's Fucking McGregor pageants. back? Name the month. Name name it, Luke. Na- s- s- please send me a location. When is he coming back? Tell me. Who? Connor McGregor. It's going to matter, Luke. Oh, yeah. That part I'm not so sure. I- I'm going to guess fall to like winter, to be honest with you. Okay. If this year at all. To be, to, be, to be clear. All right, BC, let's get to some quick hitters here. This is kind of interesting. Uh, Misha Tate wants the Valentina Shevchenko fight. And, of course, of course, she has to get through Lauren Murphy at UFC 276, which, as we know, is a, a big task. But believe, believes, excuse me, she already has the blueprint to beat her. I'm going to read some of these quotes here in just a second. But as I pull it up, BC, your reaction to this news, do you agree Misha Tate, based on what you saw Tyla Santos do, would be more of a threat than perhaps you would ordinarily imagine just sort of reading their names on paper. Yeah, like I take her saying this at face value with a with a little bit of a grain of salt because she said the same exact thing about wanting to come back and rematch Amanda Nunes. And even though, you know, it went very badly for her at UFC 200 to lose the title, um, you know, it sounds like something to make herself confident and inflate her. But obviously the timing of this after the Santos fight for Valentina, but also the Jennifer Maya fight, to be fair, the only person at this weight class who's been able to do anything against her, it sells the potential of this fight better, Luke, for sure. I don't think it actually means all that much, and maybe that's me discounting what I really feel this version of Tate's true value is. And Because part of that, Luke, is i got to see what she looks like at 125. She was... A brick coming back at 135. Can't she shed that that weight or potential muscle easy without any issue? And on top of that, she's got a, a an opponent that's hard to be great against. And Lauren Murphy, who's tough, big, good in just about every category at this level, not the Valentino level. I mean that 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 did not go well. But uh, at this level, it's going to be a tough out. So still a lot that that Misha's got to do. But. I don't know. I mean, look, dude, could you see, do I see Misha wrestling so successfully that she's in a spot to win a decision against Valentina? I, I still say no, Luke, and I know that, you know, there's a gro- there's some growing embers of people saying, hey, BC, you know, we heard that bid. You're the, you know, you're the third lost Sevchenko sibling. You're, you're the older brother, right? Which, which is, you know, we're going to have to Sigmund Freud a lot of, you know, the, 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 the archives of this yeah, show hey, for sure. Walker. Um, but you know, the point is, you know, you, you, man, you went ham on defending Valentina in the scoring of the fight on Saturday and you won't stop protecting this lady. Did I? But, I thought I was just being, I, but I also thought Santos had a case for it. I'm just, I, I but also, just, I'm right. Also, I'm right here, Luke. I mean, she's going to, she's going to beat up Misha, but do I, would I like that fight? Would it, would it sell? Yes. And yes, Luke. Okay. Uh, this is what Misha said, quote, The worst part is I already knew this, uh, Tate said. Now the rest of the world knows it. I already believe this. I didn't want Valentina to look any less indestructible. I wanted her to stay where everybody thought she was so unbeatable because I already knew I could do that. So for me, it's kind of like, ah, it's been shown. Now people are going to believe in me more to be able to do it. I didn't want that. I wanted to be the massive underdog. I wanted everybody to count me out. I wanted nobody to think Misha Tate, five years retired, two kids, coming back 2-1 in the UFC, would be able to take out Valentina Shevchenko. But now I think people can see a little bit of what I've been saying, hold some water. I don't know if that benefits me, but either way, the game plan hasn't changed. Take that Luke, for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, do you agree with me that 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 this would it would be a long night for Misha against Valentina? Or a short one. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's an uphill climb. I, I do recognize that 
she could definitely make it interesting. And I do think if she got the takedown, she might be able to do something really great with it. Shevchenko has not shown herself to be a pretty dynamic scrambler. That is one thing I do think is a weakness in her game. She does have good takedown defense, and she has very good takedowns. Scrambling is a little weak. It's a little weak, relatively speaking. Um, is it fair to say that although Misha was impressive in her comeback in terms of physically, in terms of like still got a mode, you know, still wants it, I don't think she's evolved, you know, with the sport on the level that she might need to. Yeah, and there also appeared to be, even at bantamweight, there appeared to be a speed issue, which might be exacerbated at 125. I'd be curious That's to see how point. that looks, too. Um, now, so there's a lot of questions about her, but I, yes, if listen, I'll say this, and, I, and, and it's worth noting, if you beat Lauren Murphy, who I have a tremendous amount of respect for, dude, you deserve to fight somebody really special at that point. So yeah. I think if she can get it done, which, by the way, is hardly automatic, but if she can get it done, that would be no. interesting to. Yeah, there to would be no argument against her get, uh, getting it because there's not that's not a deep pool there, and she's a legitimate right. name, and that'd but be a big win. But also being Lauren, Mur like Lauren Murphy, is a very good fighter, and if you can beat her, then that would say a lot. So Luke, uh, it, maybe you agree with me. You block people instantly, and if that's what you have to do for sanity, I'm not. I'm not here to say anything, Luke. You know, you've, yeah, got, I mean, to you've got you've got you've got one protect fifth this house. the amount of followers, and then you're like, well, why don't you do use Twitter like I do? It's like because you don't get the same. Kind I like of that. Luke, like Luke's it. always got that sword ready to pull just in case he needs. Well, it's always it, okay? weird when people have like. Obviously, you've got a lot more than this, but it's always weird when people lecture me who've got like a thousand followers. They're like, yeah, I talk to everybody. It's like, dude, your Twitter is not like mine yeah. at all. So this is like the you. common lowest common denominator. Like BC, you fug chigs. Like, come on. Like at the end of the day, you know, like. So, but anyway, Luke, when people come at me in a intelligent way, you know, I, I want to take the criticism seriously. People say, hey, BC, to prove that your love of Valentina, whatever the root of it is, whatever the source of it is, is wrong. Is, is, is you, you got the blinders on. How do you score that fight for Valentina over Tyla and also score Dillashaw over Sanhagen? Do you think they have a point? Was I exposed there, Luke? You know what? Someone asked me a very similar question, and I think it's a good one. I, I would need to rewatch Sandhagen and, and Dillashaw to be sure, but it is an interesting question. I also people were telling me, oh, you know, ground and pound, in, in when you have a controlled position, um, you're already seeing it. The Russians do a lot of it, which is true. That's a very fair point. And that Aljamain Sterling did it against who was his last fight against uh, Peter Yan. But the reality is he did it in round two very effectively. In round three, he didn't do it hardly at all and still won the round, which I think is fair. But if you're actually giving the round to Aljamain Sterling, you're giving it to him based on control. You're not really giving it to him on anything else. That was the majority of what he did, and that was the most effective thing in that round. And so yeah. I think there needs to be just a recognition. People think I'm – I keep getting emails from folks being like, if I understand your argument correctly, it's X. And I'm like, that's not my argument. But, the, the, but okay, it's a separate issue. Um, well, you know, I, I want to look at myself in the mirror and, and, you know, and ask that man to change his ways if needed. And to be fair, you do know T.J. Dillashaw is one of my guys. Everybody, look, you've got your guys, right? Fighter, huh? We know your guys. You know my guys, right? It's, it's T.J. Dillashaw. It's Rose, J.J., and maybe a lot of more women's flyweights and, uh, and strawweights. But, but in terms of male fighters, Luke, it's T.J., man. It's my guy. So maybe, yeah, yeah. I've, got, maybe I've got my Peaky Blinders on, Luke. It's possible. All right, uh, not a big one here. Hani Yaya out of his July 9th fight with Cody Garbrandt. That would have been a fun fight, actually, but um, it is off. Uh, BC, where are you on Mayweather booking another bout with an exhibition bout versus Miku, Mikuru Asakura? I think uh, I'll pull the details up here in just a minute in a boxing bout for Ryzen in September. Do you have like a great amount of interest in okay. this? Okay, 
under the flag of like cool that Mayweather can make this money and command audiences, but like we're not we're at the point where we're like you know we're not really interested anymore. Could I be more interested in something like this, similar to the one he did a few years ago in Japan, than I would be like the one in Dubai against that guy no one's ever heard of who shouldn't have been in the ring with him, or him against you know the, the some YouTuber who's the son of a billionaire? Yeah, if if that first fight was on the up and up, and the reason why I say that, Luke, is who was the guy who fought the first time around? Was it also Asakara? It was no, Tenshin was Nasukawa. Nasukawa, that was it. Excuse me for that. Um, the thing about that was, you either look at that in hindsight as, wow, dude, Asakara or, or Nasukawa took that way too serious and, and you know didn't understand the size difference between them and he came running at Floyd and Floyd sent that guy to hell, or you're the other 50% who are certain, Luke, that that was pro wrestling. Either way, that's still a more entertaining reason for me to, you know, queue up a, you know, an international stream than him boxing Don Moore in on a helipad, right? Like in that regard, like is there? Do you believe the first fight was real? Now it's not necessarily fair. The first time when Floyd fought Nasakawa, he fought a 22-year-old kickboxer who was, you know, two to three weight classes smaller than him with so much less experience. Was that a legitimate boxing match in your eyes? Looking back. It's a legitimate. I mean, what do you mean by legitimate? Did I, I did Nasakawa go for broke and think he, you know, because he was crying afterwards, but crying out of like upset that he lost and said, you know, he had the same demeanor. I know I, I'm, this sounds crazy. Do you remember when, um, what's that, the, the hot dog guy, Ko, Ko, uh, Kobayashi? Takira Kobayashi um, took on that bear in a hot dog eating contest. It was on Fox on like national television. Yes. Remember, like Fox would have like the celebrity boxing with. Todd Bridges, and then they'd have this like ridiculous show, and you'd get real high on a couch and watch it. Dude, Kobayashi legitimately came there to beat that bear, Luke. And I don't know if you remember what happened. Kobayashi got out to an early lead, and then the bear made this large groan, and his hand, which was like the size of like three catcher's mitts, scooped up the whole pile and then just dropped them all in his mouth, and he swallowed and he won instantly. I mean, he just demolished him. Yo, Kobayashi in the in the interview afterwards was like, I'm gonna come back. I'm gonna beat this guy. I'm gonna prove to you. I just miscalculated. You know, like he was like, damn. Do you think that's what that Nasakawa fight was? That that guy's like, I'm going to knock out Floyd Mayweather. I'm going for it. If that's if this is on the real up and up, I actually kind of like this completely under the flag of absolute bullshit. Yes. yes. But I kind of like it. In that it sense, yes. Yes. Because you're going to say to yourself, one of these days, Floyd's going to bite off just too much, right? And then you're going to have something interesting. He's always been so careful not to do that, though. You know, that's like his calling card. Part of what yeah. Floyd is, is. She's got real keen eye for timing. Um. Are you a fan of mystery and adventure? Introducing June's Journey, the captivating free-to-play mobile game that will ignite your inner detective. Play as June Parker in a thrilling murder mystery adventure as you search for hidden objects to uncover the truth behind her sister's death. Step into the glamorous world of the Roaring Twenties with stunningly illustrated scenes and over a thousand mysteries to unravel. With new chapters added weekly, you'll never run out of clues to chase and suspects to interrogate. Plus, you can build your own island escape with beautiful gardens and buildings and even join a detective club to collaborate with other players. Experience the thrill of being a detective and unravel the mystery in June's Journey. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. I don't know. I will say, though, that those those man versus beast things on Fox, I forget who the gymnast was, but they had a gymnast go up against an orangutan. And yes. you ever seen these gymnasts? They're short, but they're fucking like wildly muscular, right? Strong as an ox. And he's out there stretching and doing his bit. This orangutan looks fat as fuck, digging his finger up his butt and smelling it, you know, just doing absolute nonsense. And they had to race across these monkey bars. And the gymnast is like hauling ass. The orangutan is just looking at him, get halfway done. And then in like two fucking movements, just blows past him and beats him. I was like, bro, orangutans are for real. Um, yeah, like you're, you're like, you know, he's doing the MK. He's picking his nose, uh, scratching his asshole while while talking on a microphone. All right. Yeah, yeah. Last but not least, we see Ian, Ian Gary versus Gabe Green set for UFC 276. This will be July 2nd, of course, at the T-Mobile Arena. This is going to be on inter- the International Fight Week card. Yeah. Uh, Ian Gary, a very hyped prospect out of Ireland, obviously training now at Sanford MMA. High expectations for this? Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. You and I saw Ian Gary when we were in the gym that day to interview Gilbert Burns. He had a Phoenix Suns jersey on with his name on the back of it, Luke. And uh, he seems to be putting things together. So this is a very interesting fight to see his next step up the ladder. I'm into it. And Luke, can I close with one quick hitter for you? Please. In the sport of boxing, you do know unbeaten junior middleweight contender Sebastian Fundor, correct? Yes, of course. Six foot six, looks like a praying mantis, but takes a licking and keeps on ticking. He, over Hall of Fame weekend in upstate New York, um, said he revealed that he could make welterweight. And in fact, he could make it without a problem. And here's his quote. If Errol Spence is looking for a real fight with a towering chance to be dethroned, I'll be there ready to go. Any welterweight world champion can get burned by the towering inferno. Just ask End quote. Now, you do know he's, like, polite as shit, so he's yeah, saying yeah. that with, like, a smile on his face. But, Luke, a six-foot-six welterweight with power and a chin and ridiculously long arms, dude, and pencil legs? Dude, Errol Spence would punch a hole through his stomach. Right, but Are we've been saying me? that about everybody. We're like, oh, this guy will fold him in half, and then he wins, bro. He keeps bro, winning. You, th- you think he gets beaten up on the record. Brian Campbell on the record. You think he gives Errol Spence problems? No. In the end, Errol Spence knocks him out and wins it. But I don't think it's like first time they collide, the fight's over. I think there's something there, Luke. There's, that's going to be interesting. Just like Jermel Charlo one day fighting him. And by the way, dude, Jermel Charlo and uh, Tim Zhu, I believe they've agreed behind the scenes to a potential deal to avoid a purse bid. Like, that was made a mandatory. So I think we're we're legitimately on the way to seeing that fight for all four belts at 150. God, God, that's going to be fun. Fight. 
Trump yeah, I love that yes. one. I mean, I know, listen, I appreciate Fundora, and I certainly have counted him out before. I wasn't sure he was going to get it done in his last contest, but I think Errol Spence is a completely different. I think Errol Spence would fucking demolish him. Wow. Make him, make him suffer big time. Also, um, uh, in, in Boxing Trash Talk, uh, Crawford says, Bud Crawford, after he beats Spence, if Jermel doesn't want it at 154, now he's saying he'll fight Jermall, Luke. Damn. He says a lot of things. Let's just fight Spence and we'll figure it out from there. That's what okay. I would say. Thank you. Thank you, Dad. All right. Uh, Luke, every uh, Wednesday at this time, and what a friggin' run our fans, our viewers, we've got male viewers, have been on lately, Luke. Fan submissions, morningcombat at gmail.com. Luke, I was looking back. You know David Appleton? You know him, right? The, uh, the French, British... Weirdo. Yeah, like we we might as well introduce him to W. Kamal Bell right now because a follow up to the we need to talk about Cosby documentary is we need to talk about David Appleton. But Luke, do you know in this calendar year, or what are you getting the getting the Apollo hook out out here putting that up? Do you know in this calendar year, Luke, he also gave us that music video where Appleton played guitar, but like filmed four different versions and ran them at once, where he's holding up pictures of like. Sandusky over his face, Luke. Like, this guy's gone all in on trying yeah. to be our viewer of the year, our donk of the year. Also, can I just... Uh, you're right. Also, I just want to pitch this to the production crew. I would love for that intro... I know we won't be able to hear it, but I would love for the intro to get exactly what BC's talking about. Someone from the production crew, make this part of the fan subs intro. Get the old AOL, you've got mail, like that old jingle, and then have someone at the back end of it, just in a, like a very deep, sad, incel voice go viewers I, I would love to put that together as the intro package for fan subs please do that they, they should have that ready by next year luke okay thank you very much shout out to our great team uh the email address of course was as i mentioned morning combat at gmail.com so i don't know luke we got danger mouse coming up we got jp from nova scotia we got the people are coming for it right now we're, you know what we're doing? We're doing what Dana White's doing. We're underpaying these people, and they just want to so badly to show us what they can do that they're like, yo, I'll fight through anything, right? Bro, you got to make these guys hungry. Yeah, you, you better make a donkey union if you want to get you know recognition and paid. All right, this start, we'll start with Sam here. He says, what's up, fellas? This is a picture of my best friend Schaefer and Ooh. his niece. I bought Schaefer an MK shirt for his birthday this year. He introduced me to your show and is the Luke Thomas to my Brian Campbell, except Pantera is my favorite band and he's not a huge metal fan and he's got a better sense of humor than me. We're both big fans of the show and just wanted to send you guys some love. Keep doing what you're doing. Thanks for making kick-ass merch. Shout out to RJ Dunkel. This is Sam. Hey, Luke, this guy in the tie-dye looks like a real dad, right? Yo, bro. Got super dad vibes there. Got the little girl a skateboard. Love to see that. Yes. He had cool clothes on, too. And the, and the MK merch fit with it. How about that, bitches? Like, like you and the late Kobe Bryant, Luke. Hashtag girl dad in the house, right? I mean, we don't have to reference dead people uh, to make those claims. But, yeah, you can I, do that. I see dead people, Luke. All right? All right? Yeah, all right? It's about time I see you. HR calling you when the show is over. That's what I see. <laughs> Okay, Dan is here. He says, hi, guys. Following the remarkable success of my last video, I'm back with a more modest offering. Oh, this is David A., right? Luke, this is Appleton right here. He says, when I'm not going tip-to-tip -tip with former female students or getting my current students drunk in my garden, I like to humiliate them by proving my intellectual superiority. Here I am rocking MK Church, 
uh, merch and triple chin while winning the prestigious St. John School Chess Tournament. This photo will be seen by over a thousand people. Absolutely none of them will check out MK, but give me points for trying. Donkingly yours, it's David A. And Luke, he says, P.S. Could he, could he look more British in this photo? I mean, why don't you get more sunburnt, guy? Yeah, yeah, this rock lobster looks sweaty and guilty, Luke. Okay, there's no he question just, he about just, that. He just looks like he's punched a constable at a fucking arsenal game, yeah. doesn't he? He looked like he just punched the clown before this, before taking this picture. All right, Luke, P.S., he says, the greatest documentary scene ever could be filmed at my place before UFC Paris. Brian drinking strong Belgian beer on tap in a bar opposite a prison owned by an international sex pest. What could possibly go wrong? Get over to France and make this happen, MK. Wow, Luke. Yeah, Showtime, fly us to Paris. <laughs> Imagine justifying that to, like, the heads of Paramount. You're like... You know, what's the justification for this trip? Uh, we got to like, go. So here's how this works. This guy's a sex offender, and he's a fan. <laughs> All right. Uh, Luke, this is a fellow from Chennai, Chennai, India. Is that correct? Chennai? I, th I, th I think that's right. All right. His name is Cash. He says, I flew down to Singapore for, for my first UFC event, and look at the donks I chose to represent for this monumental occasion. My friend and I had better seats than we thought we did, and I cannot believe that I got to see these fights for my first ever UFC event. Keep That's up the great, great work. P.S. though, none of my friends understand why I watched the show. They don't get MMA. I did show them the clips of you guys roasting my previous fan sub from a few months ago, and they loved it. It's Cash Yap. Look at this guy, Luke. Bro, these guys are having the time of their life. Great oh, yeah. Shirt. I love By the that. Way, if your first ever UFC event to be that one, that's pretty good. That's good luck. That's really Finally, good luck. India getting the love, Luke, from one of MMA's finest. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's right. Indeed. All right. I love, I love that, man. That gets me fired up to see these guys out here representing us in the wild like that. Thank you, Cash. Uh, let's go over to Moderate Weirdo. He says, here's some catnip, Luke. Catnip farmer? I mean, I don't what necessarily get the reference here, Luke. What is he, what is he trying to say? Uh, that you're a fucking weirdo, I'm all guessing. Right, all right, be cool. All right, please. <laughs> Come on. Okay. They're saying that I feed the homeless cats, Luke, okay? I mean, yeah, that's great. That's great. What, are you going to dox me after this? I mean, come on. All right. Uh, Luke, let's go over to Andrew. Made a couple memes for the MK crew. <laughs> Hope all is well with you and keep up the great work. You guys are my drive home three days a week, and I look forward to it. God. What does this one say, Luke? God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't say that without getting you very upset. So thank you, Andrew, for doing that. Wow. Yeah. Yes, that is fair. Yesterday, the pro so my, my PC has just had unbelievable issues. Although I think I'm finally rounding the corner on fixing them, though they're not fixed yet. So I've had to do, like, jerry-rigging with my other computers to make the stream work. And I tried one yesterday, and sure enough, it didn't work, and I had to fix it on the, minute, on the, on the fly, and it... Everyone had a very good laugh at my expense, which they typically do. So, yeah, they do, Luke. They do that. Some guy texted me. I forgot where's the guy's name. Um, like, oh, David <laughs> at da David underscore real, and he's like, tell Luke, it's just uh, switch the audio input to his external mic, 
And I mean, look, these are people that are like blocked by yeah, you, but that they're doesn't like, make any sense for the equipment that I'm using. But I'm glad that the armchair tech people are giving me now. No, but these are people that are like, life. sorry, I'm blocked by Luke, but I want to help him. So they come to me. It's like, you know, I don't I... that's not help. That's not the cause of the problem. The problem is I have a Zoom L8 and a, a ATEM Mini Pro that has to fit into the Mac desktop. And I have to use both of them to get the proper thing to work. And people telling me I have to got into the external mic doesn't make sense. Yeah. Short peg and a round hole, Luke, which is a good way to describe your love life pre-marriage. I, th- I did all right. I did all right, fucker. I, you know. Okay, I, I, I wasn't I wasn't there. king shit. I, I, there was definitely dudes who did better. I did all right, fella. I mean, I'm, you know, right. I, I had the potential to do all right, Luke. I just have laughably comical fails along the way. You know what I mean? Oh, no, no. I, oh, I had some motherfucking fails. Please believe, yeah. please believe me. It's like I'm like Bill Buckner in that, in that category, Luke. It's great, but, you know, all right. Hey, here's Andrew's second meme, Luke. Can you understand this? Yeah, this is you talking about Joni Mitchell when no one gives a flying fuck. <laughs> wow. a... By the way, were... look, I, I like how the grandma is dressed cooler than the woman with those jeans. I don't know where those jeans are from, but she can fucking throw them in the trash tomorrow. Dude, oh, the 70s are so good right now. And vinyl, Luke, oh my God, dude. You know what's amazing? 70s movies are actually really good. Oh, the dark neo-noirs from that run? Oh my, dude, I went on how that about last the Dragon? year. Well, maybe the best martial arts movie ever, or at least certainly in the, you know, the, dude, the, the canon that of the post best Godfather run from Pacino, oh, it's amazing, Luke. And Serpico, uh, weren't like those? a yeah. lot of the best James Bond movies made in, I, I could be wrong about that. I think a lot of them were made in the 70s that were pretty good. Look, if I could do it over again, I might be born like 1960. How about that? You think that's a good life? Or maybe, um, or maybe earlier. When do you want to come yeah, of age? Yeah. When do you want to graduate high school? Like 1970? Is that perfect? I mean, you may be in Vietnam, so I guess it's not that perfect. I wish I would have graduated high school like early to mid 90s. Um, but okay. I graduated in '96. It was pretty awesome, Luke. All right. That's when my brother graduated. Class of ninety six. The guy that blew up my DMs trying to get inside info on you. In fairness, he blows off my DMs as well. That makes. Will you reference that to him that I tried? Uh, I brought it up once, and he doesn't even remember it. He's like, I couldn't, I couldn't fucking care less, Luke. Like, like, please, just stop talking to me. Thank you. I was like, do you remember when my co-host DM'd you? He's like, no. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Thanks, Uh, Luke. JP. Oh, we got one more from Andrew. All right, what do we got here? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah well okay that's a, there's something to that luke all right uh, no lies were told that day yeah no lies <laughs> that's, were told. That's, fair. that's fair uh all right let's go to jay you know jay right mount unike nova scotia my canadian brethren jp he says good day luke bc mk staff and the fans <laughs> surprise surprise motherfucker the bc king is back yeah, keep up the aw- award-winning show luke i hate to see this because dude not only did we love Glover coming into this couch, damn, we love Glover coming out of that couch, and damn, did Glover give you a performance of a lifetime in defeat Truly. there. But you know what, Luke? I, you know, fuck it, I don't make the rules. Sorry. Uh, uh, who's the guy that originally retired? Apathy? Sorry. Yes, apathy, yes. Willie Pep? Sorry. Steve Young? You know, you're looking at him right here. You're looking at the king, and it's good to be king. And, Luke, if you come at the king... Well, I'm married, so please don't do that, right? You know what I'm saying? 
right. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, you know, when it was, when I was brewing it up here, it sounded like it would slay. I was just like, I got one. Wait, I got one, guys. But dude, that's you know, that's every one of your jokes. Yeah, good or some, bad. Sometimes you know the delivery just doesn't it doesn't get there. All right, JP has more shit, Luke. He says, "Good day." Um, I'm back again to share with all of you something I still can't believe. Like Rose Namajunas, BC shocked the world during episode 309 at 47 minutes when he told us he very well could be the long-lost Shevchenko brother. Similar to have you seen this shit, I've spent days scouring the globe, the internet highs, lows, and in-betweens, and have found visual proof that BC is, in fact, the long-lost Shevchenko brother. Uh, Let's see this, Luke. Let's see this. What does he got? They, They just had it up for like... 30 seconds. Oh, here we go. They, so they basically, uh, by the way, love the uh, the Adidas uh, tearaway pants you're wearing in the second one there. Virtually identical, Luke. I think this works. I think they found the proof here, right? Yeah, you know what? You're mouth breathing in the left one, so that's definitely yes. you. And then you're wearing bizarre attire in the second one. That's also you. Just like, you know, <laughs> like Back to the Future, as my life went on, I was disappearing from these photos, Luke. But uh, yes, I did. That's where I started, you know? That's where I started, and that's where I'll finish, unless we actually are related. Then we got, you know, then we got issues there. All right, yeah. Uh, can we move on? The God, God, yeah. Wow, just. Uh, I know there's my, like a whole album of these. Yeah, it's great. Um, finally, Luke, this guy pulls up the rear a lot. It's Danger Mouse. <laughs> he says, uh, <laughs> "Hi, BC. It's your pal again. You know by now that I love to pick moments from the show for memes, and the conversation about the Volk-Max fight was just perfect for this one. You haven't even seen the big one that we are, we're going to release here soon. So Yeah, Jesus. so this is what, a draw 25 or <laughs> believe? Yeah, that's believe so good. Me, yes. yes. 49 times. Uh, Danger Mouse says, lastly, a quick one from a while ago when Luke was talking about entrance music. I've included an old friend of the show just to give Luke even more pleasure. Oh, God. Okay, people, I need walkout song suggestions. Paint It Black, Song 2, Sweet Caroline. <laughs> is that is that Pennington James, Luke? <laughs> that is the Pennington James with, of course, a reliably <laughs> shit recommendation. Dude, are you where are you on Sweet Caroline? I know the Brits love it, and they play it, and they all sing along. Okay. They're very singy people. Is it it's played the worst out? fucking song. Yeah, so it's extremely played out, and they've been a big breeze into that. But no, dude, in the right setting, I mean, the song fucking rules. At the end of the day, the song rules, right? I mean, it is what it is. Honestly, you want my actual opinion on this? I think everyone knows it's bad, and they pretend to like it. I really believe that. Dude, there's a sing-song scene in in, uh, Beautiful Girls, my favorite movie from 1996, Luke, where they're in the bar. Good movie. Good movie. And there's a good, like, sing-along scene in there to Sweet Caroline, and um, that's why I retain a lot of love for it. Also, dude, you know, like a Neil Neil Diamond greatest hits, like, you're not going to be not entertained, right, Luke? I mean, he had some some he had some jams. You couldn't right? give me you couldn't give me a ticket to a Neil Diamond concert. I would attend. You, I mean, I'm not. It'll is. lower your T just walking in the door. There's no question, Luke. Yeah. No question. But yeah, um, also, and listen, and there's it's not like because it's played out, it doesn't mean it's a good song. So, for example, like you you don't watch European soccer, but they have grossly played out Seven Nation Army. Yes, you know, yes. Doom, doom, every doom, boxer doom. from the UK is trying to do the same thing too, Luke. Yeah, and oh. it's a great song, Seven Nation Army. But it's like, okay, had enough, please. You yeah. can move on from this. But dude, fucking sweet Caroline. I'm like, dude, you know what it is? It's just an excuse for drunk people to sing aloud together. That's all it is. It's not like no no one is sober and goes, wow, what a great fucking song. It's just. It's a party song for. I think it's a celebration of cheeky of cheeky Britishness, right? 
It's just a celebration of like, yeah, no. mate, we're, you know, like, yeah, like we're, we're, we're the, like, you know, <laughs> glad, fucking glad to be here, right? It's just a celebration of that, Luke, like, yeah, you know. I, I, which is fine. They're, they're, they're very, sing- one thing about Europeans, they just, they, big difference between American bars and European bars, and obviously all of Europe's very different, but. Well, if there's one commonality is people over in Europe love to sing in groups together. Oh, my Lord. They love to do it. So if you go to, like, bars, especially in England, you'll just, I mean, it's, it, you cannot believe how common it is, but okay. I'd love to break out in, like, a real, like, organic flash mob of someone singing a song in a British pub, Luke. Luke, I think that I, like, not only do I think that I could fit in in the UK, and I'm currently narrowing it down to, I think Wales is where I'm going to be from. I think I'm going to be like like me and the Calzaghis growing up in Cardiff. Sean you know? Connery. And um, I, I think I've got, I'm, I'm Welsh material here, Luke. But my point is this. I feel like when I go there for the first time, I'll be like, I may, like I'm home. This is where I... So, you know, that could, if you believe in the third Shevchenko sibling theory, they had to pass through... England on the way to the States after the birth, uh, you know, to deliver, there's a chance, you know, I caught, you know, the, you know what I'm saying, Luke? Like, you know, if you're in the, if you're in the stomach and your, and your mom smokes, you may catch that gene, Luke. Okay. I may have caught a little bit of that UK and, um, uh, it's more to come. What was Luke? the original I, name of Wales? I, you know, I, what do you, what am I? No, I, I don't know, Luke. It's on there. Like, for example, the rugby team has it, or at least they used to have it on the actual rugby Jersey. You didn't know? No. Simru. I'm, I'm considering the Geordie Coast as well as a potential uh, landing point, starting point, Luke. You know, I'm definitely not like, like you know, Eddie Hearn, like Ritzy Brit, you know, that style. Um, Who's worse? I mean, Who's worse? Like Geordie Shore people or Jersey Shore people? Who's oh, Jersey worse? all the way. All the way. Oh, yeah, they're worse? Yeah. Yeah. They're just, just third holes. I mean, they probably all Anyone involved in a shore, Luke, is, uh, yeah, Pauly yeah. Shore. I mean, Pauly Shore is a dirt hole, right? Pauly yeah. Shore. Dude, if yeah. you're if you're like, you know, if you're 25, you don't even know who Pauly Shore is, you're good. Yeah. Don't worry. I'll be sure. Yeah, come on. He just had a celebrity boxing match, Gaff was telling me. I mean, come on. Although, you oh. know, Pauly Shore, dude, he used to slay. Oh, yes. She, I it, couldn't believe how. He was like, yeah. he was the original Pete Davidson. Right? I saw Son-in-Law in the theater with him and Kelly Kapowski in it. Like, I was, like, jammed for that, Luke. I was fired up, you know? I couldn't believe his resume for a guy who basically was not funny and, you know, as homely as a motherfucker. Well, you know, his mom was Mitzi Shore from the comedy store, Luke. Yes, there's, a, yes. there's a good documentary on that. It's, it's, yes. Still, Paulie was a no-talent zero. I mean, that's not true either. But Oh, you know. dude, I mean... Okay, was I with him that, all the way true. through? That's not true. I'm being a hater. I'm being a hater. Only right, like because early, early MTV, you know, Paulie dude bro shit. Like, that was awesome, people, dude. dude. People, it, it, here's but, one thing Paulie had that I never... Well, two things. One, re- genuine popularity. Never had that. And two, people liked him. <laughs> dude, he had genuine popularity. Mikey just slid in with Biodome was all awesome. I always say Biodome was like the bridge too far. That's too much Pauly Shore for yeah, me. Yeah, that's although a very I Mikey call. Right I there. know people do love Biodome. To me, that's too much Pauly Shore. Like, it's gonna, I can't get it off me afterwards. But, you know, Prime Pauly Shore? Like, dude, I went to those in the theater. I'm telling you. Like, you're like, oh, you know Pauly Shore's going to be in a country western one with Kelly Kapowski? It's like, where do we, tell me, when do, where do I sign up? You know, like, you can't act like he didn't have a moment. Look, Brendan Fraser, your celebrity look like, also had a moment, okay? Brendan Fraser's my celebrity? I wish I looked like Brendan Fraser in his prime. I mean, I go, wait, like, no. Like I look like current Brendan Fraser. <laughs> for sure. uh, okay, okay, hold on. I'm reading you these. I'm going to read you these uh, Pauly Shore films. See which one you think is the best one. Start in the They're, beginning. All right. Uh, all right. Well, I mean, the 1988 ones, I don't even recognize these. But the big one that first stands out is Encino Man. He was in. Dude, 
Encino Man is awesome, okay? Okay. Son-in-law? That's the one I saw in the theater with Kelly Kapowski. It's, it's, it's not bad, dude. It's not bad. In the Army Now? That was actually kind of a big one back in the day. That was pretty big. Look, he's like, you know that on, dude, there's Ernest? More. There's more. He's Jury a cooler. Duty. He's a cooler Ernest, right? You know Ernest Goes to Camp, Slam Dunk Ernest? You know that Rasco franchise. Rasco Pico Tran. Yeah, Ernest, yeah. I mean, Ernest is great, by the way, but Paulie's better. All right, what was that movie you just said from Paulie Shore? Uh, Jury Duty. Jury Duty. Dude, I saw Jury Duty in the theater. That was good. That I'm, I stand by that one, dude. Dude, he was also in 1996's Playboy, The Best of Jenny McCarthy. Did he really... Did he did he bump uglies with Jenny McCarthy? Funny, I was in that a lot too back then. Look, yeah, right. Fuck you. That's that kind of, see. That's the kind of shit that just drives me nuts. Uh, let's see what else. A Futurama he was in for a little while. Um, Paulie Shore is dead in two thousand three. Opposite day. See, then it goes off the rails after that. Then well, it goes I, off I the think rails. Biodome was the beginning of the end. That was yeah. you know that. Yeah. Apparently, he plays Pinocchio in the upcoming Pinocchio movie. Who I mean, I'm sure he made a lot of money, Luke. Oh, he better have, dude. Yeah, he was all over the place. Oh, listen, I'm mostly just jealous about Pauly Shore because he bumped uglies with just a fucking never-endless stream of tens. Uh, dude, he was so did Scott Bayo. That guy was like, damn, right? Yeah, but Scott Bayo in his prime was a handsome dude. Pauly Shore looked like the guy who, you know, uh, rents you surfboards at some, you know, middle-of-nowhere shit beach. Fair. That's, that's very fair, Luke. Damn, Jury Duty was good. I gotta go watch that again. Yeah, you go watch Jury Duty, motherfucker. You haven't seen any Akira Kurosawa movies. You're gonna, I'm gonna go watch motherfucking Polish. Do I watch Run or uh, Son in Law all over again? Yeah, that, that's great. <laughs> I just saw a thing, Luke. Uh, yesterday was the 26th anniversary that Cable Guy was released in the theaters with Jim Carrey and Ben Stiller. Super underrated movie. I saw that Super opening underrated. night. On a date, opening night, it was a one and done relationship. Look, but uh, but uh, you know, like uh, that was a that was a thing when that came out, dude. That movie was great. See, here's my move. I, I never, I, I wouldn't say I went on, I did not go on dates at movie theaters. That would not be true. But I didn't do my first or even second date at a movie theater because you can't really talk. You just kind no. of sit there. So while, so it can be a crutch though if you're nervous. Okay, I mean, you know, did. It, you Bro, do you have, have anxiety as a teenager trying to take out a chick. You know what I mean, Luke? It's not easy. Some people just just turn and <laughs> turn and slang, Luke. You know, and it's, it, it it is what it is. Like you know, if I could go back now, Luke. Oh, dude, I had. I was like, this is a true story. I was with three of my fraternity brothers. This is after college, but one of them was like like Luke Rockle. Like one of them was like a ten out of ten. Okay, yeah. he just couldn't. He had to beat off the. <laughs> He had to he had to push the women off with a fucking stick. Wait, okay. Were I mean, you like his ridiculous. roadie when you would go out? You you would get the runoff if you could? You'd like No, no, not even. Not even. You I mean I, he was not like my best friend in the in the fraternity, but he was we were we were we were close enough. But anyway, the point being is this. I remember one time we went out and he was living in Northern Virginia at the time, and he was like, "Hey, come out, hang out with us here." Cuz he was cool, you know, and uh, he was cooler than me. And so we went out and uh we went to this bar in Virginia I never heard of, and we got there Found a place like to kind of stand next to the bar so we could just hang out and you know whatever. And I was like, uh, someone grab me a beer. I'm gonna head to the bathroom. And I came back. I just went number one. There was no line. Like I want you to understand how long this took. And we came back, and two of my fraternity brothers are like, "Yo, go check this out." And he was making out with some girl. We could not have been at the bar. Not even ten minutes, dude. Yeah, not well, possible. And he already a- was making. And I was like, does he know her? Like, were they like, did they date before? He's like, no, nah, dude. She just rolled up. That was like, must be nice. I like to must think that nice. while he, you know, in his prime, lived a life we can 
only dream about. Now he's probably got like gross mushrooms growing on his dong, right, Luke? Just probably just a gross. Like, no, although he, you, you would imagine a guy like that would marry like a ten out of ten. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say this is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Not quite, not quite. Um, okay. But you know he's doing fine. So what are you gonna do? Okay, thank you, uh, Luke. I also saw American Pie on a first date. Another, not advised. Just the same, Luke. Okay, not advised. <laughs> Did you also turn to your date and go, "Suck me, beautiful"? Yeah, yeah. I saw one eight seven on a first date. Luke, this is a bad Dude, trend. What the fuck going is here? wrong with you? You're like, uh, I went to the uh, National Holocaust Museum on our first date. It was. It was just it really yeah, set the like, tone. Went, like, what the went fuck to a shooting doing? gallery on the first one. Yeah, wait, wait. What, hey, this, no, no. Hey, did that one Thomas, work? BC? Is that you? Yeah. Did that one work? Yeah, I guess it did. Look, oh, oh. do you like apples? <laughs> I got a number. Yeah, all right, Luke. There you go. What did there you and your wife do on your first date? Uh, we went to Chili's. I ordered a salad. That shows how. <laughs> You're such a fraud. <laughs> now, now, was I a fraud? Yes, but I was running every day. I mean, I was in shape. Um, okay. Yeah, then went for like a walk on like a trail. And then, you know, I, I texted my roommate at the time. And I was like, yo, I just met my wife. Oh, oh right? shit. All right. Good for uh, you. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, listen, I think the viewers have checked out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's good. Thank, thank, thank you, uh, Luke. I will be um, leaving for vacation, so I'll see you in person. Yes, this weekend. Um, but you know, maybe you'll have a fill-in for me, or maybe you'll do it alone. I don't know what you plan to do without me here. No, we're gonna have a fill-in. Uh, we're still working out some of the details, but there will be a Friday show, and we will get folks ready for the weekend. And well, can we uh, tell people on Friday as well what we've what we've put in the can that they could see soon? I mean, they yeah, know. Sure. They, I, th- I think you should tell them. Yes. They know that Chuck Mindenhall did visit us. We have set the stage for UFC 276 with a yet-to-be-released pre-game preview ahead yep. of International Fight Week. You and I also, for that same card, picked one fighter and filmed a very fun resume review. That, that, that was good, Luke. That was some good shit. Very and good. did we or did we not also film a companion watch-along going back in time to... Max Volk one and two, and yes, folks. Here we go. 50. Here we go. Number. We go. F- I was there for it. You know what's awesome? That was number fifty for him and number two for me. Look, yes. First time rewatching it, but uh, we we rescore the fights. Yep. We we argue with each other. We crack some yep. bad jokes. It's going to be a fun time for you. You're not going to want to miss this. And also, look, we got another high court that we can throw at them anytime we want. Why? why let's yes. just throw it at their face. We, we've we've put a lot of things uh, into the. Uh, 
into the upload file for this month. It just hasn't been out yet, but those are coming. So the resume review, the watch along, and the pregame preview are all going to be heading your way ahead of now UFC that, 276. That free throw competition we filmed in Jersey City last year, that, that's probably Literally, it. I, it popped up in my Google Photos. It was a year ago. <laughs> that's going to be like the basement tapes for Bob Dylan or something. You're the Chinese democracy album from, uh, from Guns N' Roses. It's never going to happen, Luke. Um, also, dude, we... We have acquired a lot of footage for documentary number seven. While I do not, I argue often with uh, Jake Vaught Amsterdam about the, the, the mindset of doing one doc that encapsulates six months of different things. I don't like that, Luke. I like doing one weekend all in, brother. Okay? We got we got internal issues inside the family. We got to figure them out on air. That's how I like to get down, right? But we got a lot of good footage acquired. With that being said, over the last few months, a lot of different areas. I have no idea what this stock is going to look like, Luke. I mean, they went to your house. They went to my mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. They went to the they factory to my town. Wife. My, they, they put my wife on camera, so you will see her. Yeah, my wife was like, absolutely not. Not <laughs> even a chance. No. Yeah, well, I, I don't think she, uh, Jake talked to her for like maybe five minutes, if that. It was like a yeah. handful of questions. And then they she loved up, Jake, so. though. She loved Jake. Big Lou, too, but, like, Jake, you know, Jake, there's something so compellingly nice and weird about Jake that, like, he's there, and now he's in, and he's here, and he's just one of us. And sometimes, you know, that leads to him hanging in your hotel room for at least 62 minutes longer than you in- intended, but, yeah. you know, he's endearing, Luke. He's man. definitely a stray dog that you kind of admire, and then you're like, yo, I don't want to have this stray dog anymore. <laughs> Get the fuck out, you know? But who doesn't like a stray dog, huh? You're like, okay, sir, I, I, I gave you money because I felt bad. That doesn't mean you get to live the rest of your life with me, okay? You know what I mean? It's just, uh, yes. All right, All are right. we done with the uh, fan subs? That's Yeah, that's it. Morningcombat at gmail.com. Get your dead wrongs ready for Friday. And, uh, yeah, man. Hey, wow. Yeah, and, dude, live show is, like, real soon. So if mm-hmm. you folks can be there ahead of the July 2nd International Fight Week UFC 276. We that need to Friday, start promoting that. We, we need, like, next week, we need to start promoting so here's that. The, so here's the plan, guys. That Friday afternoon, you're going to go to T-Mobile Arena for the official ceremonial, unofficial, official, whatever, ceremonial weigh-in and stare-downs. As you're walking out of the arena back to the, back to the strip, you're going to stumble upon morning combat. And we're going to be live, local, late-breaking, and we're going to do uh, live DM from Donks. We're going to spin a wheel, have some special guests, maybe get liquored up. Maybe, you know, maybe even get in a drunk fight, Luke, right? Yes, we don't have all the details to share, but following the ceremonial weigh-ins on Friday, the, I think it'll be July 1st, right after the weigh-ins are over at the T-Mobile, we're going to be right near there. We'll tell you more when we have some uh, firmed up details, but we're almost through the finish line on that. And come join us after the weigh-ins right near there. So put, pencil us in post-UFC 276 weigh-ins. Come hang out with BC and your boy. Yeah, man. Come come, come be a part of our lives, okay? We, we I will won't... be a part of your life on Friday, BC. I can't wait to see you and your fam. Uh, safe travels. Enjoy your time. You know how to reach me if you have any questions. And don't get mugged. <laughs> wow. Wow, Luke. Thank you very much. going to be hot as a ball sack the day that we're going to meet up, Luke. Yeah. So we'll... we'll uh, you know, I, I promise I won't creep your family out and, you know, just expect no one in my family to respect me. Look, that's how life works. Okay. You see, I will tell you, you know, you hang around Connecticut and in smaller towns, you may not feel this. There's a decent chance we might get recognized where we're going. I've been to this place a few times and two of the times I've been there, someone spotted me and asked me, are you Luke Thomas? So, dude, I got to tell you, we, you know, it's very possible 
So it's like, you do I sign wear another the, autograph and feel awkward about it? Yeah. Do I wear the MK tie dye shirt just to basically bring that attention on? No, Luke. No. No, you don't. Um, all right. As a reminder, Showtime, Showtime.com is the label that pays. 30-day free trial. If you like it, you can keep it. If not, you can bounce. Morningcombat.store is the place for merch. And as a reminder, Friday, BC will be out, but the show continues. We'll get you ready for all the weekend's fights and react to all the news. So stick around for that. I probably will also, I don't know yet. I've talked to my wife about it, but I'm probably going to do a post-fight show on Saturday. That's a little bit up in the air, but I'm going to certainly try and make that happen. So, Because um, the card is that good. All right, yeah, for Brian Campbell, anything last you want to say? No, a very good boxing match. I won't be able to preview it for you guys, but yes. Joe Smith Jr. on Saturday bringing his lightweight heavyweight title against the two owned by Arthur Betterbeev. Maybe the winner fights Bivol for all four belts. That's going to be worth your time Saturday night. All right, so we'll preview that as well. For Brian Campbell, I'm Luke Thomas, as well as Showtime, Malka, and CBS Sports. This has been Morning Combat. Until next time, may all of your gains be loyal. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.